wow, that's the the <laughs> the New York Stock Exchange. We'll take a look. The New York Stock Exchange is so last decade. I can't wait to go in there and see the exclusive NFT that they have framed in some boardroom somewhere. Oh, the world of women? That's right. The world of women is on display at the New York Stock Exchange. Also, there's the Empire State Building. I love New York. I love to be in the Big Apple. This is my first trip here. We should go and get a New York slice. Mmm, New York pizza. That's um, something new I'll be trying on this trip. And then... (laughs) And then we can go to a bodega and get a chopped cheese. That's right. I'm wondering why we um, went to New York um, to see a play uh, when we could have gone geographically closer to San Francisco, but here we are. There's nothing better than the Big Apple. Uh, If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, is what they say. Well, yeah, and we got those tickets to go on the the sitcom tour to go all, uh, you know, to the... (laughs) places with all the, right. the sitcom the ones that take place here we go to the go to the central park next to central park to see that's and, right and be like oh it's, this is where joey and chandler were we're gonna we're gonna stand in front of the seinfeld apartment building and go yeah you can't do that in san francisco you can't what what we could do like the full house thing in san francisco right we could yeah we could, boo wh- Boo, boring, not as good as, what's another sitcom that's sitting in your, uh, hmm. I'm all out, unfortunately. Uh, we're going to have to learn more on the tour tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to have to, that's why we're here. We're on a fact-finding mission, not just for Harry Potter, but for, for the Big Apple, mm-hmm. the, the city that never sleeps. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, is we haven't gone, so we, you know, we came to, for the, for work, see the cursed child and then this coming week we're going to do all the tours and things so we don't we maybe don't know anything about new york yet hey i'm walking here hey i'm walking here uh yeah no we're we're in we're in new york we took a plane um we're we're Got all definitely nice and cozy with all those other people on the plane it's 2019 and we're here in the big apple uh i hope nothing bad happens i can't imagine they would ever ever um a bridge this play into a shorter one, um, which is great because I love to go see it two nights in a row. We we have tickets for both nights, so it's very important that they never shave it down into one play. We had two tickets, but we have already seen it though. That's <laughs> so they took the tickets. They're not just perpetual they tickets, did. unfortunately. Well, I, asked, I, I asked for the tickets back <laughs> so I could frame them. That's so smart. Yeah, to, as a souvenir for our for our wonderful trip to to New York, New York, mm-hmm. the home of uh, the Godfather, and uh, what else is said in New York? Or some other Godzilla '98 is said in New York. Great, we're gonna, we're gonna see all the landmarks. Wonderful. From, from, oh, love to yeah. be here. Love to be here in the Big Apple. Well, let's let's. Let's dip into a, a, a real New York pizza place and talk about the, 
the play that we just saw. How about it? Yeah, this is a really, uh, really fancy recording setup we've got got going on here. The <laughs> we, traveling, <laughs> traveling that's, podcast. That's right. Well, spare no expense is what I always say when it comes to um, to podcasting. Yeah, that's um, right. Why why watch a bootleg when you can go and see the real thing in in the big city? <laughs> exactly. Who would do that? Who? Not us. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, no, okay. I'm sitting I'm sitting in the booth. I'm ordering a, a New York slice. Well, I guess first things first, what did you think? Oh, uh, it's it's bub it's bubbling up. Um mm. what I think because I yeah. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be come into this like really medium and fair handed and like mm. yeah, it was pretty good. Um uh-huh. it kind of sucked a little bit. <laughs> It um it certainly wasn't what I expected, especially after the reading, which which everyone always says, oh, don't read the script. You've got to see the, you know, you've got to you've got to see the real thing. Nothing beats the stage. And that I gotta all makes say, sense to me, right? That's yeah. what I <laughs> that's what I would assume. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some intangible magic, some some glue that holds it together in a in a live performance that doesn't come across on the page. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, the play version honestly has some problems that, like, didn't manifest in the written version for me. Does it make you feel a little bit crazy? Because yeah. I, I feel like I, I'm like, there's a part of me that's like, am I going to embarrass myself? Because I don't, I don't really go to plays. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't read plays for the most part. I'm pretty out mm-hmm. of my depth here. And so there's this part of me that's like, Am I missing something? Is there like a part of the artistry here that I'm just like I can't see for whatever reason? Uh-huh. uh-huh. No, I mean I I I'm with you. I I I'm not a huge huge theater goer. I mean what what are some plays you've been to? Let's 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 lay all our, all our cards on the table. What plays have you been to? Oh, I went to a couple in college. Mhm. Um this is uh, gonna be rough because I can't remember what they were called either. There was one that I liked quite a bit, um, and I'm sure that people can identify it from this. But it's um, one of those plays that all takes place in the in the same place, which I think is cool. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like somebody killed someone, uh, and they were all there, maybe feeling guilty about it. I don't know. Okay. It was very. Yeah. It was a very serious type of type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen. The Lion King, um, the Broadway Lion King, uh, mm-hmm. and that was a good old time. Um, pure, like, it was cool and weird, right? Um, yeah. And, like, co- cost, like, $1 billion or whatever. I think that's, like, the most directly comparable to Cursed Child, right? Yeah. It's, like, it's, a big, it's a big media franchise. There's a lot of money put into it. Uh, and it's in it's like the poster child for like no you have to go see it because there's crazy effects and production stuff right? right the the puppets and the Lion King are just like worth it for their own sake um, mm-hmm. uh, and beyond like high school productions of like Shakespeare plays I can't think of anything else to be honest okay yeah no that, that's that's not um, too far off from from what I've seen so I've seen. Uh, I saw the importance of being earnest one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I've read that, I've not seen instead it. Instead of instead of being a normal play, mm-hmm. uh, what they did was they they cast all of the actors in secret 
Um, and so they all showed up on the day, uh, and like nobody. So so basically, whenever a character is introduced, the actor has to like come up from the audience and like take their spot. So it's like this weird chaos play. Oh, where. Where the whole thing is like everyone's like fucking laughing and losing their shit on stage because like there's no markers or anything, so they're sort of having to like not improvise, but sort of like 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 work together to like make the play happen, which is very funny. Sounds um, fun. It was. It was very fun. Um, I've seen the Green Day musical. Oh, which Ooh, rocked. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps a rock opera, you might say. It was, it was a rock opera, in fact. Yes, um, that you was learned a lot the of... lore. <laughs> I did learn the because the, the thing deep... is, is <laughs> that album has a considerable amount of lore, like maybe yeah. more than one might expect out yeah. of an album because it's a rock yeah. opera. But to think yeah. that you could go even deeper and <laughs> learn more lore about the Jesus <laughs> I of learned, suburbia, I learned so much about that is that is such a funny funny play uh the lear- learning a lot about how you know kind of both sides uh should come together and 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 learn to, to talk to each other yeah that is that what play. the album is about too <laughs> um <laughs> and i've seen uh a high school production of lame is so like that's my the, that's my very meager theater cred here so if you were listening to this and jumping up and down and like going nuts uh there it is uh we have neither, no cred yeah maybe we, this a negative is just, cred here uh, yeah this is just this is two this is two harry potter podcasters yeah we this. the plays that we've seen we've just sort of tripped over right <laughs> we, we got dragged to or just sort of like showed up at you know on a lark they kind of happened to us i feel <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's what they always say. The best theater happens to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I similarly came away surprised at how um, mixed my feelings are on the on the, the the produced version. I I figured like, well, I sort of came away from the script going like that was uh, you know kind of a roller coaster. It had some really good parts. It had some really bad parts. I imagine that, like, it will just be a net positive when I watch the play version. Like, it, like it'll only elevate the production, right? Like, 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 seeing it live will just not smooth over the criticisms, but like, it'll, it'll, um, it'll just make you know, it'll, it'll add a star to the rating or whatever. And yeah. that kind of wasn't the case uh, for me. I, I don't know. I, I have there's a lot of stuff I enjoyed, uh, and there was a lot of stuff that I think was made a lot worse in 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 the stage play than than as a like imagined uh idea in a script. Yeah, that's not the way you want it to go, is it? Mm-mm. No. No, my assumption was was purely like this can only get better um off the page. Yeah, and... there were some characters that I, you know, we talked about when we were reading it that I was like surely like, this is a result of me being bad at reading plays that I'm not understanding the, like, subtlety of this character. Mm-hmm. And even if that's not the case, I was like, an actor is going to bring life to it and mm-hmm. and interpret it in a way that's going to make me go like, oh, I get it. Or like, oh, I really liked the way this actor played this and it really, um, like, changed my view of it. 
And that right. didn't happen with any of the characters that I was really <laughs> uncertain yeah. about. Like my, yeah. my first one is going to be like Ginny, right? Like I was just mm-hmm. like, what are you? Um, or Rose, where I'm like, why are you here? Um, yeah. And I had the same questions leaving this as well. Yeah, I, I, Rose, Rose, I think, gets the short end of the stick here. Like, already a character who is barely in the script, right? Like, like really not uh, not given much attention. Um, and that is really only compounded in the live version because her showing up at all and, like, giving a good performance. Like, her actress is great, right? Yeah. Um, but, but she shows up and has these scenes and you're like, okay, so what are we going to do with this character? Is there something, you know, because it's a play, right? So it's like, is there like a glance she's going to exchange with these characters that recontextualizes something on the page that, that you know, isn't, can't, can't be expressed, you know, uh, through words, right? It's like, no, not really. She just sort of shows up occasionally uh, uh, and disappears and kind of mostly seems to exist for the um, the like time travel gag where she's Hermione in the past, right? Like, yeah, that's it's cute, just, but it, it's yeah. like all there is. It's it's a weird it's 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 a weird um, underutilization of this character who like is there instead of Teddy Lupin, um. And and not to say that like damn I really wanted to see what Teddy Teddy Lupin was up to right <laughs> like I also don't care but but the but the thing is is that that we read these interviews that were like oh we we had to cut Teddy out to make room for for Rose and it's like okay I, I agree that's fine totally on board with that but like Rose also doesn't get to do anything so I think you just maybe needed to like say these other kids that we know exist are just you know. They're off having a different adventure. It's it's they're just in class it, or whatever. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. They don't all need to be accounted for. Um, that was a bummer. I, I think she was she was really underutilized. Um, Ginny, just a different character from what I read. Mm-hmm. Like, like hundred percent just did not picture uh like like on the page script Ginny in the way that she has played in the performance. Yeah, unfortunately, and, and it's a bummer because I think that there was a lot of good Ginny stuff in the script, and by a yeah. lot, my bar is really low. <laughs> Relative um, for Ginny, right? Relative, yeah, yeah, she gets like one really good, um, you know, play style t- telling the themes and uh, uh saying some like really emotional stuff that I thought was really good and talking about mm-hmm. the diary and like all, all that stuff. Um, and, and that's all in there. But um, other than that, I was just like, why are you, why are you here? It, it, it's such a bummer. She's played. She's the way she's directed in the play, I think is maybe my biggest surprise. There were lots of things that I, that even stuff that we, like we talked about, right? Like, like how I assumed, um delphi was gonna have like a northern accent Mm -hmm. but she actually has kind of like an east london like thing going on or Mm -hmm. it's 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 like like there were lots of little things that like i expected just uh, the way things were written and then were surprising how they were performed Ginny, i think by far is the biggest and kind of worst one in the i thought despite all the criticisms that i still had of the written version of Ginny in the in this play that like it finally had gotten who her character should be i i I took her as like kind of aloof 
or not aloof is the wrong word, but like very chill in the in the in the play uh, script. Um, and someone who has an attitude that you might expect an ex pro athlete to have, right? Like like yeah. a little more com- confident, secure, um, a little sarcastic with her husband. Um, uh, like, like, you know, not to use a very outdated turn of phrase here, but like the one who wears the pants, right? Like she, she, her and Harry's relationship just felt like very much like Harry was always, uh, um, you know, uh, uh worrying and stressing. He's, he's the worry wart and she's sort of like the rock of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not how it's played in the, in the stage version. Um, she is immediately like very tense and wound up and uh uh leading on him a lot and um kind of i i hate to say it kind of played like a bit of a shrew i feel a little like yeah yeah i see that yeah like she like like not not to the degree of like she's like a, you know a villain in harry's life or whatever but but she's definitely not who i pictured from the written written word yeah i thought she was going to be like athleisure mom exactly right like she's she was an ex-pro athlete and now she's like a sports page editor right like she's got it made and she's doing her like dream job basically uh I she the way she's wardrobed is just very conservative and like except for her ranger boots which are very funny Mm -hmm. she's wearing like these big elf boots the whole time that are very very distracting um but yeah she's just it, it it it's disappointing I think mostly because I liked her um uh, uh, like like you were mentioning, like her her monologues and like her big emotional moments. I liked them with the caveat that of like I wish that these weren't like um divine feminine uh like like maternal instinct right. deliveries right. And I think that imagining her as as a as like a more as as, a, as like a more modern character, I guess like like sort of alleviated those worries. Seeing it in the play, she is just one hundred percent like a uh, like like a female character in a Harry Potter book. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, one hundred percent, definitely. Like she is just the mom character um, who has sacred mom wisdom, right? And it's just a big misfire. She didn't I think. get to be cool, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone else in the main. Well, I guess Ron didn't get to be cool either. Yeah. Both of, I guess the Weasleys got done dirty a little bit. As in they just didn't get to be cool at all. Yeah. I mean, like at least Ron gets to be like chill dad, which I I like I don't know if that's the best characterization, but it is like a characterization, right? Mm-hmm. That 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 like goes steps outside of like uh like gender role stuff, I guess. Yeah, Ginny, but in Gin- that way, that's why I wanted Ginny to be chill mom, right? Yeah, not, not totally. in that like that's a like she's the one who is just like sort of knowing that Harry's gonna like come around, but it should mm-hmm. it should be more about Harry being kind of a wreck, right? Totally. Um, but she's just I don't uh, 
I don't know. It's just like yucky. I just want her to be able to be cool. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it, it it starts right off the bat in like the opening scene. That's like the redo of the pro uh, the epilogue scene, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when they sent you know they wave their kids off to to school, and in the play, the way I read this was, um, Ginny Ginny's like, oh, he'll be fine, right? Like 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 just very calm. Yeah. Um. In the <laughs> in the stage play, she like grabs Harry's arm. With this worried look on her face. And he's like, oh, he'll be all right, won't he? And it's like, whoa, this is not how I pictured this exchange at all. Yeah, I thought she was sort of like pat-pat at Harry, who was being... But it was just like completely the opposite. Harry was just like very like whimsical about school and is and he was very... Played it very aloof until Mm -hmm. um, sort of the emotional stuff started happening but overall he was just kind of whatever right which i get he was like bought into the fantasy like his own fantasy of hogwarts but yeah Ginny is just like like very worried about her kid going to school her second kid at that (laughs) right um yeah, yeah, it's 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 immediate. That was sort of like the ill omen, I think, for the for the for the play was. I was like, uh oh, this is already not what I expected. Yeah, uh, for, these, for these characters after after you know, kind of kind of praising the script a lot for like doing some fix it work on some of these characters. Um, uh, a lot less of that came through in the performed version. Yeah. Um, uh, Luckily, I was sort of just like, okay, well, if Ginny is um, is nothing in this, that's mm-hmm. fine because she's not really <laughs> in it, right? Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. there. Um, she's in uh, quite a few scenes, but I was like, okay, this isn't gonna make or break it, right? Right, right. Uh, but performance-wise, what did break uh-oh. a lot of play? <laughs> uh oh, we've got to talk uh, uh, up at the top here. What is going on with the Scorpius performance? I this is the th- this is the thing that I've been thinking about this entire time, yep. and also one probably the most like am I is it me is there something wrong with me because this whole time that we've been doing the cursed child I feel like this has been the big the big shriek cast twist is it's like who would have thought it's like the one two punch who would have thought we were gonna like the script. Like, mm-hmm. okay, even. Even six <laughs> out of ten. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> and then and then twist number two is, like, Scorpius in the play sucked and was acted I, really weird and was I, miserable and I hated every single time he was on stage. It was excruciating. Yeah. Like, borderline offensive, I, I feel, in a lot of ways. Like... He's doing so in in the play script. He I I I absorbed this image of him where he's like it's like Draco's whole thing is that he was incredibly confident, right? Mm-hmm. Uh uh and this is a story about children who are sort of like foils for their parents. So I just sort of pictured him as this sort of like meek polite nerd, right? Yeah. Yeah, almost like um, maybe how I felt where I'm like giving this a very sincere reading, I guess, Mm -hmm. where I'm like, okay, I'm going to sincerely enjoy this like insecure, like 
nerdy kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, he's like Pinkie Pie or something. He's, he's like, <laughs> he's like exceedingly uh, uh, earnest. He is, um, uh, he, he is, he's shy. He is, um, he is like sort of got this like sort of sweet, sad resignation that like nobody wants to talk to him because he's a Malfoy, right? And like, so like, there's almost this sort of like, like cutesy self-flagellation thing he does in his like introductory scenes right where he's like mm, i know i know why rose doesn't want to hang out with me like, i gotta know like it, he's like eeyore, he's got like the eeyore vibes yeah. almost yeah, it's right all like the rumors like i knew this was gonna happen um, yeah yeah totally and you're like no no we love you scorpius you're so fun and and, and nerdy right which and by like, the way seems to be the like perception by most right. people which is what is driving me insane about this and the play performance and, and and uh in case anyone's running the 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 production that we saw in 2019 in new york we're um, here right now we're as we are here right now in in the, in the getting a new york slice mm-hmm was uh, uh, the premiere that was performed by the London cast. That's how we so, knew we had to get out here. We were like, we cannot we miss this that's, opportunity. That's why we can't wait for San Francisco. We've got to go see the original cast, right? right. Um, with an uncancelled Harry mm-hmm. uh, in the lead. I think this is the performance that like, most people have seen. It's baffling. He... He seems like he belongs on the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Kind of. Like a, yeah. a cross between a cartoon character who we are supposed to find annoying and a Big Bang Theory character who we are laughing at. Yes. A nerd we are laughing at is is 100% the vibe that that I got from him, right? Rather than like a sort of like endearingly meek nerdy guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. enjoyable. Um, grading. Incre- <laughs> I so would he, say. He, he does this thing where he is just going really shouty and loud on every line I sort of read in my head as like a mumble, if you know. An Eeyore like kind, of, kind of moment. Borderline really offensive, I feel. Like it 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 really comes off as like a cruel impression of someone. Mm-hmm. Um in a way that I found deeply uncomfortable in spots. I dreaded his scenes, like really, truly. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> like the long ones that were like emotional and somber. I just the whole time was like, I need this to end. I need this to end. I need him to stop talking. Yeah, it's although bad. towards towards the end, he gets some he gets some moments where he like isn't talk he like he's talking in like a much lower register, right? Yeah. And, and and like gets gets to be a little more earnest, uh, uh like perform a little more earnestly. And he's great in those scenes. Like in those moments, I'm like, oh, I see why they cast this guy, right? But that is a very small amount of his performance compared to him doing, like, like you posted a gif of Iago. Yeah, yeah, from the animated uh, well, you show, Aladdin. You, you mm-hmm. took out your phone while we were in the performance. Uh, and, and, huge and faux showed, pas. Huge faux pas, but, 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 you know. It had to be done. Had to be done. And showed me a, a gif of Iago from... 
from Aladdin. Uh, and like I was looking at that while the while he was talking, and it was like uncanny. Like that is the kind of character he is portrayed as for most of the play. It, truly baffling to me and really disappointing because I, I I think that the Albus Scorpius stuff was some of my favorite stuff in the in the the reading. And um, probably pretty central, in my opinion. Right? Yeah. Like, 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 necessarily is necessary to engage with this to like fully appreciate the plot, right? Um, and just not enjoyable. Um, just, just real, like you said, yeah. But Big Bang Theory stuff. He he just feels like an object of ridicule for most of the play. Yeah, and it and also I'll- is like sitcom style humor. So it's like the combination of just like we're laughing, we're having a mean laugh at this sitcom about nerds, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Just, just, yeah. It's, 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 it's got some real uncomfortable vibes with him that really, really disappointed me. Um, uh, cause, cause I, I, I liked that stuff in, in the scripts and I didn't know it was a joke. I yeah, guess that's I th- my thought, bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Like I thought this was, oh, this is like a sweet portrayal of a, of someone who's like overly earnest. Right. And it's like, no, this is like a really mean thing being played for laughs 90% of the time in reality. It's just very much not what I not what I expected and also not what I wanted for this character at all. Yeah, it, um, it does make me wonder about like the American actor, which you know we ca- we came to see the original cast and now I'm like maybe yeah. we should have come and seen the American cast. Maybe maybe we came we on should. the wrong weekend. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we should hunt around and see if we can get some cheap tickets to and just poke our heads in on an american performance you know yeah at some point just just to compare because yeah it's 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 because and that and that is something that is is worth considering i guess is it's like this was this play was originally directed by jack or uh by john tiffany Mm -hmm. right um but at the same time, like I don't think you know John Tiffany isn't there working with the actors every day since the play first opened, right? Like like different directors do different stuff, uh, different casting directors do different make different choices. It it is very difficult to know like is is every performance like this is this set in stone? Is this how everyone sees this character? Was was this a bad night? You know what I mean. Like like it's maybe it's... there was a substitute director, and every time Scorpius <laughs> would do that voice, he's like, "Give me more of that. Give me, give me more. more. Yeah, give me more. Yeah, give me more of the the mic peaking uh, voice. Yeah, it's 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 difficult to tell, and it's it, so much of it is like up to interpretation. But the the fact is, the whatever interpretation we we saw of his character on stage uh, was hugely disappointing i feel just just maybe the biggest whiff in the whole thing um and really like kind of turned my thoughts on the entire play upside down in a way because i was just like was i giving this script way too much credit like what what happened here yeah that Uh, i mean that's why i'm just i'm kind of losing i'm like i can't decide if like what am i missing here that makes me not understand this because, I, like, like I said at the top, I don't know anything about plays, so I'm like, mm-hmm. it, it must, it must be me, right? Like, there, there must be some context I'm missing because I don't know anything. But it really, as a layman in the in the audience, 
I did not enjoy that performance at all. And I would say that's a pretty big character to whiff. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just felt cruel and mocking and, uh, uh, the jokes just, were not that funny. Either, jokes weren't that funny like in the first place. Low tier yeah. sitcom jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I was left pretty cold by that stuff. Um, Scorbus not real. Scorbus not that. That honestly, that is the funniest part of this. <laughs> Scorbus felt very real reading it. Yep. Scorbus zero chemistry uh, in the in the play itself. I mean, like they have good actor chemistry in like the serious moments. Right. But like in terms of like wrapping my head around how people who, who saw the play were like, Oh my God, it's so like, you know, you think it's, you think it's real in the, in the play script. Wait until you see the real play. It's, it's so real there. The chemistry is electric. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. I can think of like two moments and I'm pretty sure they were both ad lib moments where it looked like the actors like, genuinely were like laughing having a good time right there that yeah there was a very cute moment towards the end in the scene where they are discussing ideas on how to like contact harry in the future mm-hmm. where they go at least at least uh, you know for, from from appearances because this certainly wasn't in the the published play script they like kind of meander into like this other plan after they do the like we're gonna traumatize the baby joke <laughs> And they, like, construct this other weird plan that, like, definitely felt improvised because there's one point where the actor playing Albus just looked like he was genuinely laughing and, like, unsure how to react. And, like, that was very cute. I I thought that that was a great moment. Um, And... You know all the stuff about Snape saying, you know, Snape going like, "Oh, you're you're giving it all up for for Albus, right? Like, like it takes one person that you love, blah blah blah. Like that stuff is all still there. Yeah, I but mean, it, textually, it's there. Yeah, but just just yeah, just like performance wise, I did I do not see, I I, I do not see the like fandom like holy shit, Scorbus real stuff anymore. Mm-mm. Like on on the page, absolutely. In the play, eh, I don't, I don't know. Um, the case of the not gays stuff feels a lot less case of the not gays, uh, this time. Yeah. The other actors were good for the most part, though. Um, yeah. I think that obviously MVP kicking the doors down and making this play worth watching Delphi. Delphi, we love you. We love Delphi. <laughs> I mean... Sort of a call out post for us in general yeah. uh, as a character, but genuinely she gives a great performance. Um, she feels like the character who maybe most gets what this play is, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. from the get go, from the jump, she is suspicious as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, there is a line that I notice this time that i didn't notice in the play uh script mm-hmm. that i was curious if you caught where you know how um when she meets scorpius in like the sort of half uh changed world um she like tells him like oh i didn't go to hogwarts because i was i was sick mm-hmm. right you, you remember that yeah. yeah um in the very first scene with her and Albus, when Albus is like sitting on the stairs watching Amos and Harry talk, uh-huh. she says, 
oh, in school, they used to call me blank. Like, she was, like, making up Nicky. Mm. Oh. And I was like, oh. And I was like, oh, oh cool. Like, yeah. she's just making shit up constantly about her background, which, like, whatever serves, you know, whichever lie she's telling at the moment, which is very clever. I, I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but no, she she's fantastic. Uh, nothing but nothing but good things to say uh, uh, about her. She's so. Uh, I mean, the actress plays it so charismatic that um, it, during the turn, it's like because obviously I love Evil Delphi mm-hmm. uh, and I love to see Evil Delphi, but there was also just like this like knife twist where I felt like I was sort of. Like, even though I obviously wasn't tricked because I knew what was going to happen, <laughs> I was like mourning nice Delphi, like charismatic yeah, Delphi. Totally. I was like, oh, I miss, I, I've been lied to. And that's a yeah. great feeling to have, right? That's like the, yeah. that's the, that's it. That's some good fiction right there. No, she, she plays it so perfectly because she, she, she is so like suspiciously affable. In, She's so in her, cool. Yeah, she's 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 the cool older girl. She's she's always got a joke. She's always gassing them up, especially Albus, right? Like she's always, you know, she's always like complimenting him and like talking about how how great his plan is and stuff. Um and it's so funny. We we had that conversation reading the script about like, oh, I wonder how does the like how does the tattoo reveal thing work <laughs> in in a in a play where everyone's wearing robes, uh-huh. right? The answer, of course, is that she is insanely cool and wears this like hot topic backless sweater in that scene <laughs> and is like sitting down with them like they look like they're eating lunch on a field trip or something. It's really funny. And then she stands up and turns around and everyone in the audience gasps as she has this fucking sick gigantic tattoo <laughs> across her back. Right. It's so sick. Um and then when she's in evil mode, she number 1, she puts on like evil makeup, which is hilarious. Oh, when she shows up during the turn, you can see like she's wearing black lipstick and she's like got- I got this got the intense smoky eye and you're like, "Oh, you know with Uh-oh. that with that huge boat neck sweater <laughs> that shit's about to go down." Yeah. Um but she also shifts from like her her London accent into like this evil evil witch voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 like evil Disney witch voice for the rest of the play, and it's—I mean, like it's—it's—it's it's comedy, right? Like it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's so over the top, but it's like it's the—it's the over the top performance that really sells the sells the character because it's like, yeah, she's the villain, right? So of course she talks like incredibly exaggeratedly. Um, it—it's—it's it, it, uh, just delightful. I—I I had a great time with her. Uh, yeah. On stage. Yeah. Also, when she's like becoming more evil, and we're seeing like all of her powers happen, she starts off with like this little like feathered shawl because you know she's the yeah. augury or whatever, and it just keeps growing. Like she, she starts like adding. a small one, and then the next she like adds sleeves, and she's wearing this like feathered sleeve thing, and then next time you see her, she's like flying and has this big feathered cape, and it's incredible. Yeah. Did you notice she had like feathered ankle bracelets yes. too? Yeah, like just fully going for it by the time the play ends. It's it's amazing. It's aspirational. Uh, I see that, and I'm like, why do I not dress like that? 
that. <laughs> what is wrong with me? You've, yeah, I've, yeah, God, we've got to get our smoky eye down. I know. Like, yeah, d- 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 incredible performance from her. Um, having a great time, doing doing a lot with with a very, I mean, like, let's be honest, like a very basic character, right? Oh, but like, yeah. But but just just very charismatic, tons of fun, exact, and like again, someone. A, a character and performance and an and, and actress clearly who like I, I feel understands the tone this needs to have mm-hmm. um, as a like corny fan servicey play based on a novel for children right like like it's there there there's a lot of very emotional overacting in this and like none of it's I would I, I would say. Outside of Scorpius, who I have a lot of problems with, there there is no bad acting in this play, right? Mm-hmm. But it, I I do sometimes feel like it is, uh, the wrong acting for the scene. Ah, um, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like a so the the Harry stuff in particular. Harry goes from zero to a hundred so often, mm-hmm. um, in a way that I found alarming a lot of the time right in a way that i just feel like would is not fun like 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 like, like he's having like real ass mental breakdowns on stage uh in some spots and it's like get powerful acting but like this is the harry potter play i don't know like it doesn't need to go it doesn't need to go that hard sometimes yeah i wanted him to be more in just like perpetual distress than um mm-hmm. like a a more, it played it more loose canon yeah than i was expecting like you ne- you never know when this guy's going to explode um yeah. which is not as fun as just like this like sort of uh dad character who is just kind of like stepping on rakes over and over again <laughs> right yeah yeah i mean like the, the way harry is played in this feels like it's a play that's like it feels like it's about a play about like the 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 uh, the rest of like the golden trio coming together and having like an intervention about his behavior or yeah. something. Because he like there's that scene from the play early on where you know he's in his he comes into his office late at night and Hermione's doing his paperwork and it sort of like razzes him for it, right? Mm-hmm. He just fucking screams at her. Yeah, there. yeah. And it's like this isn't cute. Like, this isn't fun, like, character conflict stuff. This is just, like, Harry, dog, you gotta calm down. Yeah, uh, there, yeah. I mean, the more I think of it, I'm just, like, I I, I do think that he maybe was supposed to be, well, I can't say supposed to be. When I read <laughs> it, what I imagined was much more of, um... I guess bumbling is the only thing I can think of. Like, yeah, he's like a little quick to anger, but it's is much more of the like relatable. Like, I'm sure that someone has had like a conflict with their kid or with someone in their life, and they just like keep messing stuff up like over and over again. It's like, oh, I think I'm doing the right thing, and then boom, you hit another rake. Right? Yeah, That's what yeah. I thought it was gonna be like, but really, it is that explosive um, feeling that. I'm wondering, like, is that inherited from, like, early books? Or is that supposed to be, like, gesturing at that? But I don't know. Because mm. I guess Harry is, like, explosive in the books, but he's also, like, 16. Right. The way I, the way I read it 
was the all the all these scenes were not him shouting but him um like like the the picture of 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 adult harry i had in in this script was that he out of the three of them had grown up the least right mm-hmm. and that this alba situation was like a real was going to be like a check for him right like a like like you you do need to kind of step up here because it's like you have hermione who is like the fucking president right so of course (laughs) she's got her shit together and then you have ron who is like very um goofy and and sort of silly but like he is also like you know he's running a business he loves his wife he's clearly like great with kids right like like he he is like he 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 has achieved uh, like a he 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 has like a, a a good sense of where he is as a person, right? Mm-hmm. More so than Harry, who who I think like Harry, because you know, Harry's major conflicts with Hermione in the scene is like, oh, like I don't want to do paperwork, I want to go and like do cool action hero stuff, which is exactly how he behaved in the novels, right? And and so that that just feels like oh, he he is still not quite gotten over this hero complex but it's not him having like anger issues which i thought were generally implied to partially at least be because one he's a teenager and two he had like voldemort's soul inside him you know like yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah it's just it's it's just it's just he he goes real hard a lot of the time in ways that make such an uncomfortable or is it make make scenes so uncomfortable it's weird that the characters don't react like when he when he screams at Hermione in this scene it's when we get the joke scene where she's like do you want some toffee mm-hmm. or whatever and it's like such a non inappropriate reaction to what Harry just said to her <laughs> like it, it's it's very strange yeah right? it almost feels like a mismatch for like play pacing versus like the stakes of what's happening in the scene because because i think about it that way i'm like yeah that makes sense that there would be like a rising tension and then like a a, like diffusing the scene right Mm -hmm. um but but like i said it's at odds with what's actually happening that it just feels inappropriate yeah yeah the brother they're they're the the performance is often so serious um, and and heavy that it makes those diffu- – and there are a lot of those, like, diffusal moments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, very popular gag in, like, everything at the moment, <laughs> I feel. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, but, but like, very noticeably, like, a, a mismatch of tones, I think, in a lot of those, where it just feels like it's lurching onto the next scene without really addressing – the tone that came before, mm-hmm. you know, it feel, feels less like a contrast and more like a skip, uh, in, in a way, or like a, like a, a, a lack of acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, I will say I did think Hermione was fantastic. Oh yeah. Well. She was great. Um, I, I think that, that, uh, that actress had to flex the most, if that makes sense. And that like, she has to play three different versions of Hermione, right? Four actually. Um, I can she only think play... of two. Oh, well, so she resistance, has... so... resistance, right? Yeah, evil Snape professor, normal, and what else? Um, and uh, Delphi. Right, right. The polyjuice scene. The polyjuice stuff. Um, 
and I think I think the, the just like she had to run, you know, she had to like run through all these different versions of Hermione that were subtly different. And I think she nailed all of them perfectly. Mm-hmm. Snape Hermione was awesome. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and Resistance Hermione was great too. But but like like yeah, I think I think she g- captured the vibe perfectly. I I mean like I liked Harry too. It's just that he I think had the most moments where I was like, eh, you're playing this a little heavy right um but i think when harry was like be standing around being harry like being being normal dad or whatever mm-hmm. i think he was a lot more he was he was pretty enjoyable yeah and i think that there were some places where it was appropriate the one i can think of is um the conversation that he has with dumbledore where he confronts Absolutely. him and i'm like yeah, yeah that's where this belongs right it's totally um an intensely emotional scene yeah. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like the um you you expect everything to build to one moment. That's an right. outburst like not, that, right? Not a bunch of random explosions that he's <laughs> having because he's got anger issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you expect everything to build sort of one moment where the actor cracks like that, right? Um mm-hmm. but uh he's he's doing it a lot in this play now do you think a part of that is that um the play is too long like i mean obviously the play is too long i don't even know where to start with that because i always feel like i complain about stuff being too long Mm -hmm. um but i feel like when you have to play a character for four and a half hours or whatever (laughs) it is and then you've got to give yourself some excitement that's, that's a lot of building to one moment that's mm-hmm. if you if you're gonna have a shouting moment, mm-hmm. the fact that you're having one in four and a half hours, like maybe that really <laughs> is what it is, like a flow of of drama that needs to happen over <laughs> yeah, a yeah. very long period of time. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe it's yeah, it's it's difficult to see that far down the road, right? Like mm-hmm. like to, to i the the that this is a good a good um segue into the pacing of the play i think yeah because it is very odd um uh-huh. there are we we talked a lot in the script discussions about like i wonder how this transition will look um or like boy it sure seems like there's something missing between these two scenes right mm-hmm. that, that we just aren't seeing because we're not reading like the uh you know the the, the stagehands version of the script right, right. Um, I gotta say, really did surprise me how many of those transitions were literally as abrupt as, uh, they read, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I was initially really dazzled by it in that, like, it's really insanely cool when they're, like, just from a technical perspective. So in, like, the, the best example of this is, like, when... Uh, when we're getting like the Albus, um, there's, there's no other way to put it, even though it's not a a, a movie, the montage, right? Yeah. Of his of his uh, uh, time, his first couple years at school, um, it is a whirlwind of of scenes. They are bringing like clever ways to have stage hands come in and like rearrange the set for like one line, and then moving to the next thing for another line just to convey this sense of montage. And like, that was very dazzling to me when mm-hmm. we were first watching. And then as soon as that stopped, I realized 
how bad that is for a play to do, I think. <laughs> because it, it sets this incredibly breakneck cinematic pace. Like, yes. it's very impressive that they made it feel cinematic. But I don't know if a play needs to or should feel cinematic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it had a really unfortunate side effect in that every scene that felt like a play was felt way, way, way too long. Yes. And that feels like such a bummer because, like I said, I don't watch very many plays. So I kind of want the play stuff to be the best stuff or the mm-hmm. stuff that holds my attention the most. And I felt like... Um, like a little kid that can't pay attention during a long scene. I was like, this is just (laughs) so, like, it just drags forever. But I think that that, I think you're right, that that is sort of an effect of everything else feeling like either a TV show or a movie. Yeah, I I think that for this, like, like, in this space, like, the play has nothing to blame but itself here in that it's like, it works so hard in the opening moments to come across like it's a film. Mm-hmm. Like, truly, again, like, 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 truly impressive, incredibly well choreographed uh, uh, stuff with, like, the, the set arrangement and, and, and whatnot. But it's all in service of creating this pace that the play just cannot maintain. Because it's a play. Like, you couldn't do that for five hours, right? Like, the, everyone would fall over of exhaustion uh, after 20 minutes of it, right? But it's right. like, it opens with such a blazing pace. And then as soon as a real play scene has to happen, it just feels like someone yanked the emergency brake. Because uh-huh. uh, it, 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 it can't ease into this into this other other pace. It's It's so jarring yeah it it makes it feel like when there's two characters just like talking for an extended period of time and there's like nothing like crazy visual happening i'm just like Mm -hmm. okay when when is this over yeah i mean like there there are parts aware that are scenes i really enjoyed reading like like the i think a, a good example is when albus and scorpius are having a heart to heart when mcgonagall's looking for them yeah right Great scene on paper. I really enjoyed that. In the play, it it's it's a moment of two characters sitting on an empty stage with a spotlight on them, talking for what feels like ten minutes straight. <laughs> if this was like a play where that was all that was happening, that would be fantastic, right? Because that's what you're there for. You are there to see actors act uh, yep. and and talk about their feelings, but like. Because five minutes before this, we had, like, a fucking, like, we had, like, moving staircases and uh, grenades being thrown at them on a train (laughs) and, uh, uh, like, a fucking, um, (laughs) like, a fucking, like, like, bizarre comedy sequence with the the old folks home right Mm -hmm. uh with just like pyro and like like wacky effects happening every 10 seconds it's like the the pace just has no elegant way to de-escalate right uh into being a stage play and so whenever it is a stage play i'm just sitting there thinking like well when are we gonna get to the fireworks factory yeah yeah, I, I can't believe it because the every it's like it's flip flopped every time, 
I got to a scene that was like my favorite to read, mm-hmm. I just had a hard time staying awake. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a, it's a real shame. It It is not what I expected at all. And I, I, f- I feel like really, I feel like a real plebeian coming away going like all of the best parts of this was when shit was exploding and effects were happening. <laughs> right. Cause Cause like that, that is not my taste generally, but like the one, there's just something special about seeing like live effects, right? Like that's very cool to see. Mm-hmm. And so every time something weird happened on stage or like a, like the fucking Dementors, right? Oh, the where, Dementors were sick. So fucking cool. Like they were like these, I, 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 I mean like there, there's stuff where I'm like, I don't know how they did that. And it's very, and like, that is legitimately cool. Right. Like I, 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 I. I was genuinely blown away by some of the effects work stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm here to see a play, right? Like I'm here to see emotions and feelings and acting. Um, it doesn't and- help that like so many of my favorite scenes in the, in reading it. And I was like, Oh, I'm so excited to see what, um, what the actors bring to this. Most of them have <laughs> Scorpius in them. So I was mostly I know, like, please let this be over. I know. Oh God. It's so, please bring me so back to the weird. grenades. Yeah. Please, please bring the, I mean, and there, there's some genuinely cool, like, um, like theater solutions to like things you can't CGI, right? Like mm-hmm. the sorting hat is portrayed as like a like a chorus guy, right? Yeah. He's he's like this cool, it's really tall guy in a suit who like comes on stage whenever like the sorting hat. I, I he didn't just play he he like played anytime there was something that was supposed to uh like be hovering or flying or something right like he would appear to like voice it or Mm -hmm. or like like describe it It, it's very it's a very cool choice but like he he would take his hat off and just put it over someone's head and like just like wiggle it you know yeah And and talk and it's like it's such a simple solution but it's so charismatic and it's such a great idea that it 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 really worked for me Mm -hmm. um and it's a shame. I I think the, if if I had, and I like I said, I feel so dumb criticizing this because like the number one thing everyone says about the play is like, oh my god, the effects are so dazzling, right? Mm-hmm. But I really came away thinking like I wish that the effects work had had more stuff like the Sorting Hat guy, where something was going, something creative was going on while the the more mundane scenes were happening. Yeah. You know? I like like and I don't know what, right? Like I'm you know, I'm I'm not a I'm not a stage tech, but like I I wish that those scenes were dazzled up somehow, I guess, because the, the play sets such high expectations for that stuff in its uh action moments. Um that it's 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 bizarre when all of a sudden it becomes a bare stage again. And it's like I kinda sure. want I kinda want something something else going on here to like f- color this right to like fill this in a bit yeah i mean there was a lot of like sort of abstract uh well i can't really say abstract but there was some similar to the hat um there were some visual choices um that would happen like every time there was a gravestone which there are a lot of them it would be like a suitcase right yeah 
Um, yeah. So I guess I would think something like that, but all of the, you know, two characters on a stage, there was very little creativity in that way. So that's not even like a dazzle. That's just a like aesthetic <laughs> choice. And, and that's yeah. sort of a funny thing is even that, like I can say like, oh, that's creative and like that's a choice. I, I didn't super care for the general aesthetic. Maybe we Maybe we are opposed in this. I'm not sure. It was very like almost too twee for me. Uh, I, 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 do you mean like this, like the, like the wardrobing and like, like, no, like... I thought the costuming was great. I just think all the like suitcases and I don't even know how to really say it. It just was I don't very really twee. get the suitcase thing. I, I, I picked up on it. There was a moment where I was like, oh, that's cool. They built the, they built the like chairs out of suitcases because they, cause you know, it, every, every, it's like it's like the, the the when they're on the um stage uh for the for the uh platform nine and three quarters bit mm-hmm. there's like all these extras walking back and forth carrying suitcases then they do this transition where very again very cinematic transition <laughs> where all of a sudden it's them talking in the compartments mm-hmm. um and the way that they do that is everyone who was an extra carrying a suitcase. Uh, runs to the middle of the stage and puts the suitcases down to serve as chairs and tables. Yeah, that's very cool. That's yeah. very cre- that's very creative, and I I was very uh, on board with that. When we got to suitcase gravestones, I'm not really sure what the because like because you know like like I I understand why the chairs are are suitcases in that scene because it's like oh this is how we get these extras out of the scene and it's how we get a set built without doing curtains right Right. but what what does this why is the train made out of suitcases when they're like running from the trolley witch why is the graveyard made of suitcases that i i think i'm with you on i'm just like it's a it, it it becomes less about like oh this was a clever theatrical flourish to like why is this a suitcase uh fantastic beasts uh merch tie-in oh my god (laughs) (laughs) everyone's gonna want newt suitcase don't don't you ever newt suitcase yeah yeah that exciting that exciting new piece of merch that's coming out for the new movie No, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I, I'm similarly at least like confused about that being the aesthetic. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like, I, 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 I understood the why for about five minutes of the suitcase thing, and then, um, it and, really and, and might just be a case of like this is not to my taste, right? It's <laughs> um, uh, it's very like. I don't know. It's sort of like the aesthetic I would expect to see going to like a BBC Sherlock, uh, <laughs> like fucking Airbnb. Like, like it's yeah, because it's like it's a it's a suitcase because that's a very British thing, I yeah. guess. Like it's oh, it's a it's the funny British businessman carrying his 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 very British in work. here. It's very British in this Airbnb. Uh, yeah, no, there there were a few moments like that. I feel, I mean, like I don't. The, the, I think the one that really did not work for me were the um the forbidden forest trees mm. which were like pillars that had roots kind of carved on them or whatever mm-hmm. that that was real and that that th- there's i there is a 
absolutely, I think, through this, there is a sense of that kind of annoying pop minimalism that's very popular in a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, the flat designs. Like, like when they go to the past, and there's the people carrying the house flags, right? Mm-hmm. And the flags have, like, those really flat design, graphic design-y, like, seals on them. Yeah. That, to me is part and parcel with the let's make everything a suitcase thing a little bit. Definitely. It's, it's, it, it is a little characteristic of um, the time we're in now, 2019. Yes. So 2019, it's very popular to do like vector illustrations of everything, right? Or to have your, um, your poster and, and, and t- to be clear, all love to Ollie Moss, the, the, the artist who started doing this, uh, uh, and, and everyone's copying, but like, what if the poster for this star Wars movie was like, it looks like Darth Vader, but then you realize it's actually like, uh, the sun is his eye and the, the, like the lighting is making his helmet. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like the lands of oh, this building is the deep, like, like, right. like, it's that very the, again the very flat design and the and and in a lot of the copycat stuff, um, a real sense of there's no artistic thematic reason why we're doing this. It's we're just doing it because we can and it's a solution. And I, I think the suitcase thing really feels like that to me. Of like I I I think in the first half of the play I was very enamored with it because I was like yeah because they had all the extras. Uh, 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 put their suitcases down to build a set. That's awesome. And then by the time we're at like the graveyard, I'm like, why the fuck is this a suitcase? We haven't seen an extra walking by with a suitcase for like three hours at this point. Like, yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't doesn't carry the same whimsy all the way through. I guess to keep doing that. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's a lot of like movie aesthetic stuff too. I think that was my least favorite part. Of the visual design. Mm-hmm. The bookshelf scene. Yeah. Speaking of scenes that go on for fucking ever. Um, the, yeah. I, I mean, the prop is cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, te- but it, technically cool. Yeah, but that was so, so, like, like 100% just a, 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 like, stage version of the bookcase Hermione is putting books into and out of in the sixth movie, right? Like, Oh, fuck. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's 100% that. In fact, it's even the same. It's a live version of the effect, right? Because there's that very famous funny photo of her um, looking at the book that, like, opens in front of her, but with, like, the green screen guy uh-huh. holding it, right? And, like, that was what was happening in this, is that someone wearing, like, a black bodysuit was holding the book out and puppeteering right. it. Which is totally, you know, that's cool. Like, that's totally fine. But I'm like, oh, this is 100% what this is. It's it's the it's the sixth movie effect, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, very clearly. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think I'm with you. Um, but I think, I, 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 I think the one thing that we are in absolute lockstep on for the aesthetic is Imogen Heap's contributions to what the fuck is that shit I I can't tell if like I just maybe maybe I just needed to not know it was Imogen Heap and then I would be saved (laughs) 
Like maybe I'm a hyper aware of Imogen. Maybe I um, have watched one too many uh, videos of her in the NFT metaverse to, <laughs> to, to not um, hear the little stinger from Imogen and go like, ah, Imogen's here again. Well, here's the problem. Even if you didn't know it was Imogen going in, you would know it's Imogen as soon as the play started because 90% of the songs are just the hooks from her first two albums. Yeah, but how many times have I listened to Imogen Heap albums, you know? <laughs> I just, well, I, like when fucking, when Hide and Seek starts playing in <sighs> when they're in the Forbidden Forest, I was losing it. I was like, no way are they doing this. Oh, but they are. They are. They are doing that. It, it, it's so distracting. It's It's wild. It's like, I think for one... Like on on every level, it's it's a misfire for me because it's like number one, I think that is just the wrong vibe for the play, right? Like, I yes. like I like Imogen Heap's music broadly speaking. I think, um, certainly completely listenable, right? Like 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 I I I, I liked those first couple albums uh, I, as, I a, as a teenager. Sure. Yeah. For the record. <laughs> I, 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 I liked those first two albums when I was a teenager and then fell off completely. And now she's a, now she's a hilarious tech, like, uh, uh, scammer. It's, uh, uh, how the, yeah, how the mighty fall, etc. But, um, it was so, I, I, just the, just the wrong vibe for this play. It's, it's so, um self-serious and ethereal and and no like 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 <laughs> it was it was so funny comparing the John Williams music uh that they played in the lobby of the of the <laughs> theater mm-hmm. um to the image and heap music because it's like John Williams knew exactly what Harry Potter fucking was. It, you put some glockenspiels in there. You put some, oh, yeah. some you, it's, 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 it's magic. You put some tinkly sounds, you put some, you put some very catchy, it, it, it perfect. Mwah. Like, bra, like, like I will associate that with like Harry Potter forever. To the point where I used to think that the, the Azkaban, uh, uh, toil and trouble motif. I thought that that was just like a folk song that he was <laughs> repurposing, but like he wrote that, like that, that just to me is like the, ha- the ultimate Halloween song. Yeah. Um, the image and heap stuff. It's like, it feels like there's an image and heap concert happening in the room next to you while the play is happening. Yeah. And you're like, Imogen, shh, I'm trying to watch something. <laughs> I'm trying to watch I'm watching something right now. And it's and it's 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 so distracting because it only it, this is another thing just like those transitions I was talking about that serve to make the play more cinematic. Uh huh. And I don't want the play to be cinematic. I want it to be a play, right? It is cinematic though, isn't it? It sure is. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's also this like. Other than, like, a few moments that I can remember, it purely just is in those, like, scene transitions. Yeah. So it feels like the changing of a scene in a movie. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, like, I, you know, I've I've seen, uh, uh, like, Les Mis and stuff, right? So, like, I, I've seen a play with, like, like a, with an orchestra pit, right? So, like, I... I, I'm certainly not saying that anytime you slap a, a soundtrack over a play that makes it a movie 
want to be, right? Like, there are tons of good plays that have musical accompaniment. But, like, this, the way that this stuff comes in, and I think also because it is not live instrumentation, like, crucially, right? It is not. It is It is being broadcast over loudspeakers. Um, it just feels like... Uh, uh, it doesn't belong with the performance. I mean, like it, it's it's covering scene transitions for the most part too. So like it it it's a real again just another lurching pacing thing of like ah like the scene's over I guess because Imogen's playing. Um, it just that just really fucks with the pacing and really uh uh, uh takes me out of it. It, it yeah it's it's. It's so distracting and and silly. Just hear, especially also hearing songs that I've heard a million times before. Just that like has got to be the most bizarre part. Because really, I think my favorite song that's in the whole thing is Voldemort Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, little did I know that that was like the high point, right? And, yeah. and I, I had like pretty high hopes after watching that. I was like, oh, the music is going to like work pretty well. And isn't that like one of three or four original songs that she wrote for it? And yeah, the rest I, is just her other songs? I, I don't know what the exact breakdown... Because the thing is, it's like all of it is quote-unquote original in the sense that these are new recordings and stuff that she arranged for oh, sure. the play. But it's like, it's really distracting when you start hearing the the like the hook for a song you've heard on the radio a million times because it feels like it's about to burst it like the you expect when you hear that in a play that it's going to be like a jukebox musical right like it would be like if i had gone to that green day play and they like started playing the chords from holiday and then just never started you know like it's it it's so weird like it 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 it, it creates this anticipation for me where i'm like oh okay and the singing's gonna come nope okay it's not it's just it's just the hook i guess yeah we uh, don't get the what you say but we do get the song <laughs> right it stops like right before what you say would, would start um but yeah like the voldemort <laughs> the voldemort day song is like a wholly original thing not using any of the um her her previous material it rocks and it, and it rocks yeah it, it, it's 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 silly it's fun it has a lot less of the sense of self-seriousness that the rest of it has right because like that, that's the thing is it, it image and heaps music has always been like this very earnest new agey um emotionally like raw maybe raw is the wrong word emotionally um uh involved music right like mm-hmm. it's 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 very self-serious um but the Voldemort day thing is like a fun like pastiche 80s goth thing <laughs> yeah and it's so much better for it right like it it's uh it's it, it's a real standout moment i was surprised i was i was i we really set ourselves up there uh watching that early and going like oh maybe the image and heap stuff will be good uh no oh it's horrible it just it really is so jarring and it never gets less jarring as you go no it gets more and more there's there's the bit where like harry very few moments with the music happen while stuff is happening on stage most of it is to cover scene transitions right Uh uh-huh but there's like the one where harry like walks like storms out of his office after yelling at hermione and like goes to the the phone booth to leave. Yeah. 
And it's like playing this like, and it's like, what the fuck? Like, like what is happening? Like, why, 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 why is like the Terminator theme playing here? It's Imogen, so... I'm watching a play. Yeah. Keep it down. <laughs> it's very distracting. Um, there's we we had already joked on this show that the Voldemort Day thing was so funny because it sort of sounded like N64 music. Yeah. <laughs> There's I can't remember what scene it's in. But it was it was it the old folks home scene that just like straight up sounded like Banjo-Kazooie? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I like, think that's the one. <laughs> Just had like the same like bump 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 like just really like goofy like oompa horn stuff happening. It was oh god, it was it's it's a train wreck. I I was so disappointed in in the music stuff because like I I I had again similar to like the reading stuff. I had kind of gotten myself gassed up like ooh yeah maybe the music's gonna rock like like i love the voldemort day scene so mm-hmm. obviously the rest of it will be just as good no yeah i so. mean i guess that it, when it worked the most it was when there was a cool dance happening but i don't know how much of that was just like oh cool dance yeah i like yeah. to see a cool dance yeah i'm going and lots of lots of cool lots of cool dancing in this yeah um, um lot the 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 extras really kind of were the mvps and a lot of moments right just like a lot of very technical impressive dance routine stuff happening that that was fun to watch the wand dance was cool the wand dance was cool yeah um less cool to listen to i guess yeah no yeah the music i was not i was not hyped up about the music even even in stuff like that where it was like very cool to see but yeah the voldemort day dance was like a complete outlier which is what yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that to be the case. No, nothing else has that. Um, I, 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 this is like the biggest crucial problem with it, I think, for me. The Voldemort Day dance is a pastiche, right? Like, like it is. It is setting the scene for you. Like, oh, this is like cheesy '80s goth stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's doing that to establish a tone that fits for like the evil world stuff. Yeah. Nothing else feels that deliberate. That's um, true. Uh, but, but partially I think because it is repurposed, re remixed image and heat themes, you're not going into a scene thinking like, Oh, this music has a real character that I understand that will color my interpretation of this scene. It's much more like, I just heard 30 seconds of an Imogeneep song and now another scene's happening, right? <laughs> like, it's not it's not a score in that sense. Uh, but yeah. the, the Voldemort Day scene is because it is it is literally it is underscoring the emotions of the the scene and the tone and everything. Yeah, it's 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 so bizarre that that so much of the rest of it is like it's like do you remember hit clips? Did, yeah. it, did any? Oh yeah, like, the little mini disc things uh-huh. like that. That's what it feels like. It feels like you've got a hit clips of Image and Heap stuff like just going in the background somewhere. Why'd they do that? <laughs> Wait, hit clips or the Image and Heap soundtrack? <laughs> Both, I guess. But in this, but uh, Image and Heap, I just, <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't understand the choice. Yeah. No, I'm me either. It's, it's. Uh, 
I, I, I feel like I read somewhere that that was like J.K. Rowling's choice. Like she really wanted Imogen Heap to do something with her, but I can't. Okay, why'd I they d- let her make the decision then? <laughs> why? <laughs> why, yeah, why does J.K. Rowling get to pick the score? What a terrible choice. Yeah, no, I nothing mean, like, against it. It's just not. I I can't help but feel that if they knew the success of this, they wouldn't have done that. But I have to also assume that they were sure were hoping for this success, mm-hmm. and it's still a mass media property. Yeah, so I mean, at just, the end of the day, uh, it succeeded big time, right? So, so what the fuck do, do I know? <laughs> like, just yeah, like, I guess so. <laughs> but I, but I, yeah, I do come away from this going like, why the fuck is it Imogen Heap? Just, 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 regardless of how much I, 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 I know these songs or like these songs is just like this doesn't fit. This doesn't work. This is maybe we are just hyper aware. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, is maybe. We're just I like mean, laser, we, laser eye. We got the eye of Sauron on Imogen Heap for some reason. We, we sure did watch all those videos of her feeding a shitty three dimensional deer in the metaverse or and whatever. That's our bad kind of. That's- well, it's her bad, first of all, but <laughs> true. Oh, oh my god, yeah, no that that definitely felt like a like a whiff. I I I I did not did not vibe with the soundtrack. No, which is kind of, again similar to the Scorpius uh, performance, kind of a big one for the music to not be great. I know it's not the yeah. biggest thing. Um, in a non-musical uh, play, but it is a thing that keeps happening. The music well, I mean, keeps happening, for it, sure. It keeps happening. But when, when you said, like, I don't like the aesthetic of this play, uh-huh. I think that the music very much plays into that for me, right? Mm-hmm. And the, that I, I think that the, the music, I think, actually does betray a tone of the, of the play as a whole that I think is a, is a, big miss for me which is this more serious somber um uh uh it's weird like i don't want to say melodrama because melodrama is what i want but i want like um like kids movie melodrama i guess you know what i mean because it's Harry Potter. It's 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 for families. It's for babies, right? And and not Harry having anger issues and screaming somber, you know, like having a having a serious mental breakdown every every 5 minutes somber melodrama. Yeah, the 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 music it is very self-serious, but it is self-serious in a way that is probably um more thoughtful if you're seeking it out to listen to it on an album that it, mm-hmm. that exists in its own right, like if it's a self-contained yeah. thing, right? And probably not to put over a, a play for babies, right? Like that's, <laughs> right. A, that's just not the kind of serious or the kind of melodrama you're looking for. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean like, to, to, and, and to be clear, nothing but love and respect to our AMV makers out there, right? Oh, yeah, but, always. But that is, that is a, 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 a thing. If you are pairing a song and an image, right? Mm-hmm. You are uh, creating a more specific artistic vision of a thing than either has on its own, right? Um, and it is difficult to do that well. If if you are if you are mixing two things that are already in and of themselves like 
fully realized artistic forms. You know what I mean? Like, like, like it, it is a lot more difficult to make those gel together in a way that that fits. You either have to have a very specific context, which I mean, so like for AMV makers, I, I think that, that there's sort of a shared understanding, a shared taste of like interpretation of characters and like 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 popularity of songs, right? That I think feeds those, that makes those work for 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 those audiences. But like hearing the song hide and seek in a, in, in a play <laughs> uh-huh. where one, I have seen tons of plays that just do not have music, right? Like I've yeah. seen, I forgot to mention, I've seen a, a production of uh, Shakespeare uh, where they did it as a Star Trek episode. That rocks. Um, it, it owned, it was great, but like that has no music, right? It's a, it's a Shakespeare play. Yeah. Plays um, don't have to have music. Plays do not have to have music. They can, but they don't have to. Um, and, and plenty of them do not. Um, and also, Hide and Seek is a song that you can listen to, and it is its own full artistic statement. On top of that, it also, in pop culture, has, its, uh, has another layer of, like, shared understanding, because it was used in the OC, <laughs> you know, and so also became a, a thing through that. So not only are you... Not only are you pairing these two things, you're 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 playing with fire because everyone who has watched the OC or 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 SNL, <laughs> for that matter, <laughs> has a very specific idea in their heads now of what it means when you play hide and seek in something. I do, I do indeed. <laughs> and so it's very difficult to overcome that. Not impossible. There are definitely I've seen you know movies that use songs, needle drops in them that like other movies have used and and do a good job of like making it their own right. But like this music in the play is not central enough to the presentation of the play outside of like a general Imogen heapy aesthetic, I guess. Um, to overcome the sense of, oh my god, they're playing the song where everyone gets shot a million times. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, like, like it does not transcend that understanding, I guess. That's my very long spiel about soundtracking things. Maybe, maybe it's actually the opposite and they went too subtle with it. Like, Imogen, like, the artistic statement is too complete and they should have, like, just gone completely hype music. I get say, yeah, like AMV style, right? Totally. Image, Imogen, imagine, Im- imagine, imagine dragons. Ima- <laughs> no, get I some think, imagine I- dragons in there. Get get <laughs> fucking thirty seconds to Mars in there. You get this is war when Delphi like flies oh, up from fuck. behind the maze. Oh fuck! We get we get we we know that J.K. Rowling wanted Muse for the fir- fourth Harry right. Potter movie. Mm-hmm. This play is like a mirror image of the fourth Harry Potter story. Uh, it centers all around the Goblet of Fire. What if we got J.K. Rowling's wish granted and they they went to, back in time, they went to the Yule Ball <laughs> and uh-huh. Muse was playing and, and Muse, like, soundtracked the whole scene. Then, when we're in the evil world, we go to the Blood Ball. <sighs> Slipknot's playing. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) 
they're playing Iowa up on the stage or something. That's fucking right. Wizard Slipknot is here. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I I I I think that the the music is just in such a weird spot where because it's ha- one because you already have uh you, you likely already have a lot of ideas in your head about what this music means to you outside of a soundtrack context that it's very distracting and two because it's only in transitions it's never it's never characterizing much right it's characterizing stage hands running in and changing the set so it it's not it just has it, it's a very weird sensation hearing that stuff it's you know i think that this play could have um used more cheap tricks Honestly, yeah. yes. that, I, I know yeah. that's like a goofy thing to say, but I, it is a mass media property with a pretty corny story. And I like me personally, I'm such a sucker for like getting tricked by music. Like I can watch something and like I can like cry and be like, this is so stupid. But like the music gets me mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. They could have done that. But I felt nothing. How how does hide and seek not play when they're all holding <laughs> hands watching uh, 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 Lily and James getting murdered? That's a good question. Like, that's where I would put hide and seek. That's where that belongs. I think they must have just put the, they must have mixed up the playlist. <laughs> that, that's where hide and seek goes. Because one, I mean, like, that's a very emotional song. But two, you, you kind of get the little, a little bit of a joke in there. Just do for, it again. But, I mean, the yeah. OC put it there for a reason, so. Yeah. Yeah. Just steal from the OC. Why not? They're not, that show's not on the air anymore. Good artists, you know, great artists borrow, good art, uh, amazing artists steal. That's what they all say. That's um, right. Um, but <laughs> yeah, the music, very weird. We've got to talk about that ending scene too. Oh, uh, absolutely. The so the 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 I just 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 I, I guess to zoom out and talk about like expectations going in versus what we saw. I thought the beginning of the play was quite strong. Um. Because I was, I was genuinely at the uh, like I had the wool pulled over my eyes for all the transition stuff until I realized that that was setting a tone and a, and a pace that could not be maintained. Right? Yeah, and there were still three hours left. <laughs> exactly. Um, I thought that the uh, f- the I was surprised by the time travel segments. Um, mm. because on this this is my pettiest of nitpicks. That's not what Ludo Bagman sounds like. No. They got like a fancy guy to voice him. Dot Ludo Bagman is like a big washed up uh, uh celeb. He he'd have like a much more brash, uh, maybe not cockney, but like a, like just a just a much more uh, uh 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 a much less posh accent. I IMO. Yeah, uh, I thought it was going to be more fun. And yeah. it didn't they didn't play it as very fun. Yeah, purely a vibes um, uh, criticism, but nonetheless, uh, the Voldemort day, Voldemort, evil Voldemort world rocked. We talked about that. Um, I, I love Polly Chapman. Polly Ch- that scene was Polly great. Chapman is awesome. That bitch, Polly Chapman. Yeah, uh, she's in it more than Rose is. Yes, she is. I know. She has way more of a presence than Rose. Yeah, yeah. Um, the. Second, but the 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 one I that I really wanted to talk about, just just in terms of expectations, uh, was the 
the the the kind of intermediate other world, right? The one where like Harry Harry is even worse of a dad, and Hermione is the the, the professor instead of the president, right? That mm-hmm. one. Um, aside from the Hermione scenes, that was so fucking boring. Oh, absolutely! It didn't it didn't play up the like sinister feeling of like not quite right like mm-hmm. the uncanny like cause that's what i was imagining i was like ooh how are they going to do that where you just like you have like this sense of loss because you're just in another world and it's mm-hmm. slightly wrong yeah there's just sl- just a few things that are off right cuz that's like yeah. a little spooky in like a fun like kid friendly way but they didn't play that up at all no it looked i, I, I and and to, to go back to like the aesthetic criticisms it looked the same i yeah. think that is critically a massive like you couldn't even put like a different filter over the light bulb for that part. Right. Kinda, like, like it, it just, it, it looked exactly the same. I have to imagine that part it, for someone who has not read the script and is just going to the play and is maybe not breathlessly read Harry Potter chapter by chapter for three years um, <laughs> before going to see the play. <laughs> Surely that part has got to be fucking confusing for a lot of people. Yes, because like one I of the so. only one of the only indications that anything is is like amiss, other like other than when they start talking about like, oh, you know, Ron is married to Padma. It's like Ron has like a different haircut. Like he's got a he's got a like more he's got his hair like gel like oiled right. Like he's he's got like a more proper haircut. Um. Other than that, like Harry's wearing the same suit. Like 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 Harry's wearing the same suit. Uh uh all the other characters look the same. It's just really nothing. And it goes on forever and it was kind of a bummer because that was some of the stuff that aside from, you know, the uh, the, the 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 shittiness with Padma and Ponju, etc. aside, like it was sort of the part I was most excited to see was the 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 both that world and the Voldemort world, right? Of just mm-hmm. like I want to see the familiar deteriorate, you know? Yeah, I it, it sort of um flip-flopped for me because I like I know that um a lot of times people like like really criticize stuff that happens in this like slightly wrong world, right? People mm-hmm. that are like, "Oh, Harry wouldn't act that way" or et cetera, et cetera. And point at scenes here, oh, specifically Harry like yelling at McGonagall, right? And so mm-hmm. I thought I was like, "Oh, the play must make it way clearer that it's not like the right world mm-hmm. and like maybe people were confused because they didn't do as close a read of the play script or weren't like as used to reading a script to notice um but i was like oh the play is going to clear that right up um because it's going to look really different and you're going to have like sk- like um some messed up music it's going to be the it's going to be the freaking creepypasta world yeah. right? yeah not at all no, like no, no, no indicators what whatsoever. I feel like it was more confusing watching it than it was reading it. And and Harry, the, this if there was a time to deploy Harry being way too angry, it would have been here, right? Yes, like because it, it's if like he, everything coming to the surface, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's acting on his worst impulses. Yeah, if 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 Harry had maintained a cooler head throughout the real world portion of the play and then here all of a sudden like you know he was screaming at McGonagall he was screaming at Hermione that would 
be a contrast that would make sense. Unfortunately, he he bites Hermione's head off the minute she they they have a scene together. So it, yeah, I also would have liked if he was obviously different to us. And then when Scorpius and um, Albus were talking about it, if they were like, "Oh, he's the same though," right? Because it just shows that warped perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, <laughs> I I was fully expecting it, 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 like because he's wearing like this navy blue suit for most of the play, right? Mm-hmm. I was expecting, oh, he's going to wear, like, a brown suit or a black suit or something. Like, some something, some clear visual indication that something is different about him, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. Nothing. Nothing like that happens. It's uh, it, it's baffling and, and confusing. The Voldemort world, on the contrary, does a great job of conveying this stuff, which makes that more confusing to me, Right. Yeah, like, I would like, like to go live in the Voldemort world. The Voldemort world, they've got like cool dark lighting. They've got uh, uh, the they've got a cool dance that they do. They've got mist everywhere. They've got cool of uh, a, a great umbrage performance. Um, I Emma, really liked the umbrage. It, she was fantastic. I loved her. They they went a little more. Cruella Deville with her in this, I feel mm-hmm. maybe she's got like this huge wig, um, <laughs> uh, and like like big shoulder pads. Um, it was very fun. Uh, uh, a, a good interpretation of her character. Snape was great. Yep. Um. Uh, uh. The Resistance world was like funny. It was. I got a genuine laugh when they were like in the Resistance hideout and they like pulled down the like tactical map of hogwarts <laughs> or whatever like for cartoon shit right yeah like, it's like the one part of the play that embraces being cartoony i guess i don't know like it was that that was like a real highlight i was i was i was at least thrilled that that was at, that delivered right like 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 that that was my favorite part of the reading and at least that half of it, the the evil world half of it, delivered. Yeah, I really loved the scene where uh, Polly Chapman is um, asking Scorpius out to uh, the Blood Ball, and mm-hmm. she's like up on the stairs, and she's like wearing her like evil Hogwarts robes, and Scorpius is like down, um, like on the ground, and he's wearing his like new evil robes that look like fucking Sith robes, right? Yeah, he, and he and looks like Hux. He from- does. <laughs> Yeah. He does, and then there's just like the the comedy screaming of mm-hmm. of the like people being tortured there. It's a great time. That is also, by the way, that is a whole section of the play that makes that performance of Scorpius click too, mm-hmm. because he continues to do the very cartoony, over the top, nervous thing there. But it works because it's very funny when he like does like a very cartoony like like uh I mean of course I understand that this is all evil world right. umbrage and she like looks at him and like just pa- you know it passes over <laughs> like like that that contrast all of a sudden becomes very funny um yeah but we're kind of laughing with him because we like, exactly we the, we the audience are there with him in a exactly. world who's what that's not right instead of laughing cruelly at him yes exactly. <laughs> which i did which i did not assume before um <laughs> so yeah no, that works that is it that is, that is it 100 is is so much of it 
feels like in the real world, especially that that he, that he is the joke, and that like him sounding funny is the joke. When we're in the evil world, he's the good guy, right? Yeah. So it's like, of course, he like like the, it's it's funny that he is not able to be in lockstep with like these evil guy performances that everyone's doing around him. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Like, like he just can't do it. He's, he just keeps on going like, uh, yeah, sure. For Voldemort and Valor or whatever. <laughs> uh, like, like it's, it's, it's fun. Like it, like mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's, it, it makes that performance work. Um, uh, but, but, but that's the one place where it works, I suppose is, yeah. uh, um, uh, and then just just speaking of expectations versus reality, this is one that we expected to be bad, but we've we've got to talk about it. Mm. Moaning fucking Myrtle in this play. Weird, weird choice. Weird choice. I I think that I just want it to be in a different play. I honestly think it's one of the like most like sort of play scenes that is. Uh, not a movie, right? Like, it's a very active physical scene mm-hmm. in a way that I'm like, yeah, this is um, active and physical in a way that isn't cinematic and therefore belongs in a play, uh, but not this character and not this play, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, it just feels very inappropriate for the play that it is. And it, 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 it especially with, like, when we were uh, reading it, we were like, this is the something for the parents part, right? Yeah. Because it's all, all of these jokes are, are adult humor. Uh, uh, all of these, you know, all the innuendo here is definitely aimed squarely at the adult audience. But it is so much weirder watching it happen live, too. Because, like, she gets blasted in the crotch by a jet of water at one point. Yeah. Like, like she's like. Not only does she come up and say the line that we were groaning about in our reading, she like continuously gets blasted in in the junk with like a jet stream of water, and it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. And then, she, then she starts doing burlesque, like to talk to people, right? Like she's yeah. Like she the set is, it's that funky sink, um from the girl's bathroom in Chamber of Secrets, right? Mm-hmm. And you have characters on either side of the sink looking at her, and she's got, like, this, this like, bar that goes around the top of this, this like, sink display. Mm-hmm. And she's she's doing, like, sexy burlesque uh, uh, to turn and face different directions and, like, keeps on, like, just barely almost flashing the audience, you know, with her skirt as she, like, turns around and, like, or, like, the characters and is, like, kicking at people and is, like, le- it's, it's, again, it's super burlesque It's a great performance. Like, 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 wow. Like, very physically uh, demanding. But I'm, like, this is supposed to be a, like ghost of a school girl it's very weird i did not like it like yeah that's the thing that's the thing that messed me up because i did like it right like as in like this would be cool anywhere else (laughs) and it's the most this is the most play (laughs) yeah like i like i don't know cool go like the the dancing was super cool I, i you know and all of that and i thought the performance was actually really good like i liked the actress that was doing it 
And the context is just completely nuts. I believe it is Delphi's actress, by the way. Oh, no wonder. Yeah, it no is. No wonder. I, I think she it was the, great. Yeah, she. I think it was the same actress playing Moaning Myrtle and Delphi. But yeah, it was like so out of left field and, and did not connect with the play, the, the rest of the play around it, right? Yeah, and just, if you just pretend that you don't know who any of the characters are and pretend you're at some sort of, like, art house play, mm-hmm. great. Yeah, Very if, cool. Very yeah. impressive. If you're just Love at, it. like, Hall- Halloween burlesque night at, yeah. at like, uh, some Hell bar yeah. or something, you're like, fuck yeah, this, this is great. She's having a great time. This rocks. But in but context, no. it is insane <laughs> and just deeply Oh, it goes on forever, too. It goes on forever. <laughs> it's, it's a great so, performance, though. It is terrible. A, <laughs> just <laughs> a, a, a great performance that, like, like, is made worse by how good it is, right? Like, yeah. you don't, I don't need you to be doing all this incredibly impressive burlesque to talk to Harry Potter, right? Like, yeah. Just yeah, does not 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 a great vibe. I, no, I guess. no, it's not the vi- not what I expect out of the mass media Harry Potter play. <laughs> very very funny. And I'm I'm gonna hear Imogen Heap soon. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Imogen Imogen Heap comes to whisk us away to. Uh, let's talk about the finale and the church stuff and the the end of the play. I think. Sure. It's all right. I was very tired at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, we 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 opted to watch it in uh, in uh, uh, one day. Um, it's so you, weird that they did it like that. It's so well, so so normally when you get tickets to 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 this play, you either spread it out over over a weekend over over two nights, mm-hmm. or you um you go one in the morning and one in the evening. Um, but they put on a special one for this for this performance where uh, right. it was back to back five yeah. hours. Yeah, and we could have gone like two different nights, but we booked our our sitcom uh, sitcom <laughs> tour of New York. Yes, we had to go to the Brooklyn Nine Nine set uh, the the day after, so <laughs> we, we had a scheduling conflict. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was a little tired by the finale for sure. <laughs> Um, but it, it, it sure, I feel, rushes to this conclusion, um, and it all takes place, there, we spend a long time in the church, which again, feels very play, right? Like, mm-hmm. feels very theatrical. You spend a long time in one set, and characters talk about stuff. Um, but it's a little more muddled by the fact that there is a giant action sequence that happens here, and the most baffling effect of the whole play, which is Voldemort himself. Yeah. Uh, Voldemort is Odo, I've decided. Voldemort is Odo. <laughs> they, they have. So, as we all know, Voldemort, that everyone knows and loves, has no nose. Uh, yep. He's got like a snake nose. Um, we were talking about this last week, and I, I think we've like sparked sort of like a canon debate about this because hmm. the book is pretty vague about um we, we got some good comments uh on on, on oh, the patreon yeah, yeah just about like oh i think that he is supposed to be snake like in the scene where he like confronts dumbledore right um in the pensive when harry goes back and like sees sees him and 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 where he's like can i have a job here you know 
Um, and because it, because it, it like says that he has gotten more snake-like in that scene, but I don't know. I think I still come down on the side of he, that's like a descriptor, right? I like thought it, that was like very figurative, but yeah, I, I, but I, guess, I guess it is JK Rowling. So maybe she's just very literal. <laughs> right. I'm not that's sure. Uh, but, but, but yeah, like I, I think there, there might be some debate about this either way. Um, they they opted to go for noseless Voldemort uh, in in the play. Of course, that's very difficult to do when you have actors who have noses. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so to get around this, what they did is they put the actor in like a rubber mask. Yep. Star Trek style. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very much looking like a Star Trek alien. And and the reason I say Odo is because the way that this this mask clamps on the actor's nose creates the ex- I was losing my shit. He sounds exactly like Odo in DS Nine. Oh, like spitting a perfect impression it is, of Odo. It is he he like if there's a part where the part where he is um trying to you know he's trying to keep up the act of Voldemort in front of Delphi and she's like you know please please don't kill the boy and there's this part where he goes he is a baby that sounds exactly <laughs> like like it sounds like a like a like if there was like a you know a, a bottle episode or like oh Quark has to take care of a kid this this on this week's DS9 or whatever yeah and Odo is like Quark Quark, he is a baby. Like it, it, <laughs> that is, I could not stop laughing. It was, it was very funny. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's it, there. There are at least a couple lines in there where, if I close my eyes, I'm like, "Yep, that's Odo." <laughs> it's, it's, it's it, like it's not that. Like I don't know how else you would do it if you're going for this design right. But it was just so. I was like, "There's a Star Trek alien on on board." Like, oh my god. <laughs> This is so cool. We get to we went to a different play. We went to the Star Trek in the in the Park Shakespeare play. That's uh, wonderful. <laughs> um, um, but 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 the there there was a specific thing in this whole finale that I was like counting on. I was like I was on the lookout for, um, which was the smoke ring thing. Oh yeah. And we had a real roller coaster with the smoke ring. Thing. We sure did, because Albus and Scorpius in in the ending the the ending act they they do see Lily and James come out of of their house and and walk Baby Harry around, and we were like, okay, this is it. Where's the smoke ring? Mm-hmm. Is it is it going to be? I'm like, I'm cool. it's not going to be Sigs. But what if it was Sigs? And then two, it's going to be like a <laughs> like a like a wand trick. I was 100% sure, 100% sure that they were just going to have a wand that did a puff of smoke and it was going to be like a cool practical effect, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Then we get another scene and there was this part where like I got really excited because there's a scene that is not in the script, in the play mm-hmm. script, where Albus catches Lily alone mm-hmm. or he's like standing in front of her. And and she like wa- he he watches her, um, like like playing with Harry and then like like putting the blanket on him, um, wrapping him in the blanket that is so important to the to the emotional core of the play, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, they replaced the smoke ring scene with with this, 
And he's going to tell Harry at the end of the play, you know, I saw, you know, when, when I was back in time, I saw your mom put that blanket on you. I understand why it means so much to you now. Right. Like, wow, what a great change. Right. Like, like, like just an elegant, like, okay. So the, like we, 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 we come full circle with the, with the blanket done plays over. Right. Not the case. Because, because we get to the end of the play where they're standing in front of the suitcase gravestone, and Albus gives Harry the smoke ring monologue. Uh, yeah. Yep. (laughs) I swear, like, honestly, it just, the effect that it has is, like, the same effect as, like, the end of Jumanji, where they throw the board game into the water, and then you hear it, like, the drums (laughs) playing, like, like, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's gonna be, the board game's gonna be back to wreak havoc later. I'm like, I'm like, Albus is just, like, fucking lying to his face, and is this Albus from fucking Evil World? What's happening? And then, and then it ends. Yeah, what, so, so what? I cannot wrap my head around this. Maybe we both blinked at the same moment. <laughs> we just, just missed, like, we missed the smoke ring. Where's the smoke ring? I was, I was so confident. I was so positive that when that Lily scene happened, I was like, oh, of course. They looked at the script and said, the smoke thing, ring thing is confusing, or that's an effect we can't do, or hey, what if we bring the blanket in here as a coda because blanket is so important to the story anyway? Also, maybe a little bit of an apology to his dad because he does ruin the blanket to get the message to him. Right? I was like, this is hitting. Like the dominoes are all lined up. This is hitting. This is a good change. No, <laughs> smoke, <laughs> like, smoke ring, smoke, smoke ring, ring, real. Smoke ring's real, but also not real. Also not real because we never see them. So is again, like you said, is Albus lying? When when did he see when did he see the smoke rings? How long was he there? I'm so <laughs> I'm so baffled by this. <laughs> Maybe they lost the prop before um before it was time. Oh, well, they had to fly all the actors over from Jolly Old England, right? So maybe Oh yeah, and they left it at home. <laughs> they left oh, we left the we left the smoke ring wand at home. Fuck. We can't do can that. Can anyone effect. go can anyone go down and get some cigarettes or something? <laughs> no. Oh my god. Yeah, I I was truly truly baffled by by that. Like like uh, the smoke ring thing was already weird. But but it felt like I felt like I, I I was getting like buffeted around by like by like how confident I was and like oh this is what they're <laughs> replacing that line with yeah and then getting to the end and him still saying it yeah well I think that the thing is is that like when I because I, I, I thought the exact same thing and I was just like oh yeah that makes way more sense that's not just like a weird piece in there that kind of means nothing to us so I was like oh that's really great. And then when it didn't yeah. happen, I was just shocked. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> that was, it was, I, 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 I wanted to bring that up and I, I, I'm still thinking about it just cause it's like, that's what the play ends on. That is like the final exchange in the play is, is, is Albus tells Harry, I saw your dad blow cool smoke rings in your face. Mm-hmm. He loved you. And Harry's like, Thanks, Albus. I think it's going to be a nice day or whatever. And that's like, that's how the play ends. And I was just like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god! It it, it just I was left. It it was I I ending it on that line on on that moment. Just it, I felt like I had been uh like shaken. You know, just like like the play had reached out and like. Like fucked with me, like like before yeah. it ended, and yeah, like, cause like that's specifically, the, yeah, because yeah, because <laughs> that's the emotion it ends on. That's that's the moment it ends on. I was just like, wow, I I figured it all out. Nope, the smoke ring line was real. They must have like, just been in the bathroom during the smoke ring scene, right? <laughs> I don't know where we, I, <laughs> I just don't know why that's there. It it. When leaving it there when they had such an easy and like like narratively airtight out with the blanket scene that they added with Lily, I was just like, why would you willingly go back to the smoke ring line? I want to see the smoke ring. I want to see at the very least. I want to see it. Um. I have one last bit piece of business to discuss about the play. Yeah. But before I get to that, I just want to ask, is there anything you want to cover that we have not covered yet? Is there anything anything on your mind that, that has not been discussed yet? Yeah, one thing. Yeah. And it's more of a curiosity than totally. anything else. And it's something that I think is probably in all of these kind of like mass media plays. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was actually something that bothered me about... Um, uh, the Lion King when I saw it, and it's the characters that are allowed to be their own thing versus characters that have to do an impression of the movie. Right, yeah. Um, the Lion King was a funny one because they did all these, like, beautiful puppets for a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, like Simba isn't Simba the cartoon, right? Right, yeah. S- Simba gets to be his own thing, and the puppet doesn't look like a Disney lion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timon and Pumbaa were the cartoons. Like, their puppets were just f- from the cartoon. <laughs> right. And that right. really bothered me and was, like, my least favorite thing about <laughs> it. I- and this is uh, not the same in Cursed Child because nothing is quite that extreme, right? Mm-hmm. Taking, like, a c- cartoon puppet. Um, but I did think it was very interesting seeing the characters that were allowed to be their own thing and and part of me wants to say like oh it's just how many scenes they get right because sure, you yeah. can't you have to shorthand if some someone's in like two scenes um mm-hmm. but when i think about it i feel like umbridge got to be her own character there's definitely some big visual signifiers and things mm-hmm. and she says like i'm umbridge right um, right. But I don't think she was doing an umbrage from the movie impression. No, she was definitely not. In fact, I think the funniest thing about about uh, the umbrage in the play mm-hmm. is that um, umbrage is very clearly like an analog for Margaret Thatcher, right? In a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Imelda Staunton in the movies, I think she's fantastic, but she is not doing a Thatcher impression. Right, yeah. This actress was doing a Thatcher impression. <laughs> yeah. And, and like also, I mean, like that's why she had like the, the shoulder pads, right? Uh-huh. And that's why she had the, her hair up like right. that. You know, and, and I thought that was really funny because like that was a – that was a much more um, – book I, that that's more like the book vision of umbridge right but like because uh, she even looked more like the illustrations i think than yes, than the yeah. movie umbridge yeah yeah so so that was one where it's, it's like it's, it's obviously it's still based on something but it is it is free from 
having to do an Imelda Staunton impression, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it, it, yeah, that was versus um, McGonagall. McGonagall, who yeah was really who has doing more scenes, by the way, tons of scenes. Who is just doing a Maggie and not, and I hate to say this, not great Maggie Smith impression. No, but it's weird because it's like she has to do a Maggie Smith impression, but for some reason there are also like border, like a little bit of like senile, like she's senile jokes happening mm-hmm. at the same time, and I'm just like, this is this isn't fun. I don't yeah. like this. Um, uh, so I thought that was sort of a weird thing. I in the same with the same thing with the Lion King. I was like, can't we just shed this baggage and just yeah. let let them May- be their own characters, yeah. please? I'm at a play. Her- <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like I'm I'm at a play. I'm already shedding my notions of like what it quote unquote should look like in my head, right? To like you know see someone else's interpretation of it live so Mm -hmm. i i can handle it you know i mean like hermione gets to do that right like like, oh yeah because because again she gets she has to play so many different versions of hermione that like she really gets to to stretch her legs and like like give a performance that um reaches a lot further than acting the way you remember her acting in the films right versus mcgonagall who is just I mean, like, even the wardrobe on McGonagall, she's got, like, the green robes and, like, the classic witch hat, right? Yep. It is, it is just the movie version of McGonagall. Yeah. Um, and, and like, to be clear, I don't want this, but they could have gotten the movie sorting hat and just, like, floated it down fishing line. So I'm not sure why right. it got to be cool and McGonagall had to pretend to be Maggie Smith, right? Yeah, it's so weird what got to be its own thing and its own interpretation and what didn't. Sorting Hat does. Hagrid does not. Nope. Um, uh, I mean, Hagrid shouldn't be in this play in the first place, if you ask no, me. But please. again, that was movie Hagrid. Um, McGonagall doesn't. Umbridge does. Hermione do- uh, 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 does. Uh, Ron, not really sure what's Arthur? going on. Ron, Ron yes. That's, he's, doing, yeah. he's doing an Arthur impression. Like Arthur from the movie's impression. Absolutely, yeah. He is. Uh, he is. There's in particular. There is that scene where they're like sitting around the like, dinner table planning, right? Mm-hmm. And he is just. It is a spitting image of the scene where Arthur and Harry and Ron and everyone is sitting at the table in the burrow and they're discussing uh, Muggle stuff with Harry, right? Yeah. Like he's even sitting. He's like sitting kind of casually with his like legs stretched out, and he's like point. He's like leaning across the table and pointing to like mm-hmm. emphasize it's like that is that is the fuck that's the arthur actor that's that's mark what's his face so i was like it, that yeah that was very distracting yeah draco gets to be his own thing oh yeah definitely draco is is the witcher in this <laughs> he is a little bit he's got he's got the gruff Geralt uh, thing down sometimes yeah yeah we haven't really talked about him much but i liked draco a lot in this yeah um, he I think, uh, aside from Hermione, I think he is the one of, like, the original characters who gets to, like, be something else mm-hmm. uh, the most. Um, but not in the sense, you know, because Hermione, again, we see her in, like, four different timelines. Um, Draco just has the vibe of, like, Draco Malfoy became a different guy in, the, in like, the previous 20 years, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and he's awesome. Like he's still recognizably Draco, but he's like, I don't know. He's hit the gym. He's uh, he he's got some new aesthetic interests uh, uh, than than he had as a child, right? Like he's he's fun. He's a he's a cool guy now. I yeah. I, I enjoyed him a lot. I will say, though, in the similar way that I said sort of in the beginning where I was like, oh, um, I don't really get this character, but the actors will, like, bring something to it. Um, I thought that the actor was going to make it less weird that Draco keeps um, bothering Harry to print something in the newspaper about how his wife didn't fuck Voldemort. And somehow seeing it acted out just made it way more weird. (laughs) In incredibly funny stuff very funny in a way that i liked honestly like because because the thing is he is this like like draco in this play the actor that they cast as him and the way they've directed him he is like for one he's fucking huge he's like seven feet tall he looks like right like he, yeah he, he and he's like he's like buff he's like this big thick draco hell yeah um, <laughs> yeah, he, he he looks like he's wearing the bear armor from The Witcher Three, right? Like he, <laughs> he, um, and he has like this very confident stride. And the first time you see him is he like steps into the meeting room where where Harry and Hermione are having that like like that that talk with the crowd about the giants and stuff. And he like very you know with this big booming voice that he has, he's like, "Tell everyone that Voldemort did not cuck me." Uh, it's just really really funny like it's just so so over the top but i in a way that i found fun because it's just not what you expect him to say oh it's Um, hilarious um i mean like he he is the source of one of the most sitcom-y jokes that i did really like which was when everyone was having like the um like the heart to heart when they when they reunite in the 80s after Mm -hmm. they get the time travel message it's like um uh uh, Harry is hugging Albus, and then Scorpius is Scorpius is sort of looking at Draco, and Draco's like, "We can hug too." It's you know, cute if you like, and it's like that's a cute moment. I thought that was very fun. Um, yeah. Um, him and Scorpius seem to have like a good relationship in the play, which is which is fun. Like, yeah, I, I think Draco is just pretty well written in the play so it's just yeah. like when he gives his monologues and all of that i just i had a good time with those those are yeah. probably my my better um just like this is a play moment and i'm having a great time with it yeah because like him and harry aside from like the direction of harry yelling too much i think i think <laughs> harry like like harry's a good actor and so like all, all of the bits with like him and draco hashing it out i thought were great right because it's like oh this is just two good actors doing play stuff right like yeah their duel was very fun um, yes not as horny as i pictured it in my head um <laughs> who, so maybe that's who a could have thing. predicted yeah. um, but but they did some fun like you know like little like fire coming out of the wand and yeah. flipping around on the the wires um, yeah it was a good time they're having fun with it um yeah so that's that's draco would be it would be we'd be remiss if we did not talk about draco here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's right we yeah. probably should talk about the the scene of them watching the deaths of um oh the yes. murders just because we talked about it so much reading the play yeah script um yeah yeah, yeah. i feel like it was less weird because it felt like they were just also there Whereas in my head, I was like, did they have to, like, go somewhere to see it? It felt much more, like, hurried, I guess. It, yes. it was still crazy. Don't get me wrong. Um, 
And I think it's like insanely self-indulgent because it's like very much like a pointing at the audience and being like, hey, you remember this. And they, they are literally facing the audience for it. Like, like right. all, the cast is all standing on the front of the stage holding hands and like light is passing over them. And we hear Lily going like, no, don't don't gun spell me. Ah! Um, but like they are looking into the audience. It, it is very... <laughs> I mean, like the, I say, I don't say this as this like is this is like an inherently bad thing because like the whole point of a play is to be an is to be like emotionally manipulative, right? But like it is real, they're really yanking on your heartstrings at this yeah, point. Yeah, but not good enough because it relies on you being sentimental about something outside of right. the play, and That's unfortunately, true. I am not. Yeah. So yes. it's, it's just like, again, like I said, I think this play could use more cheap tricks, but they mm-hmm. need to be self-contained, right? Totally. Because I, I will fall for a cheap trick. I will fall for a sad song playing while people die. Like um, I said, this is where hide and seek should have gone. I know. <laughs> um, but alas, like I think there are several moments that feel like the most indulgent moments. Some of the Hagrid stuff is too. Where oh, it, Lord. It, it, only like the only thing the entire scene is hung on is you being you personally being sentimental about it right and, and, and also specifically <laughs> sentimental about the movie version yeah that's the weirdest part of that is that the visually uh uh and and like 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 the the and the pacing of it like that whole all those dream sequences are like 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 reliant on your understanding of the film versions of them mm-hmm. um which is very weird like harry's even wearing the same like light blue shirt and pajama pants right like in, yep. in the hagrid scene like it, it is it is the movie version which is a very odd choice i think yeah which i guess in combination with um what we were talking about earlier with characters that aren't allowed to be their own thing Mm -hmm. i i really like i just i don't need to be reminded of the movies i can go watch the movies if i want to uh (laughs) i'm kind of enjoying it as its own separate thing yeah Um, coming to new york the big apple going to a goddamn play you know how often do i do that not very often (laughs) exactly yeah yeah, just some odd odd choices that I wasn't expecting that I guess I I must have while while reading the the script taken as a given that they would also be doing something different with it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think that's where I'm falling as sort of like my 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 conclusion on what I feel about the play versus the 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 script is that I'm I'm, su- I'm again very surprised. I think I ended up enjoying the script more on its own, yeah. but I think I think I had the 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 confidence and the assumption that you know not 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 that like oh my vision of reading this 100 is what's going to end up on stage, but that I would be seeing someone's 100 original vision for this story on the stage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like I was I was so sure that I was going to see something that like was wholly new to me, right? And that was exciting. Yeah. And at the end of the day, not all of it is, and, and, and it relies much more on visual nostalgia and and, and stuff uh, that I was surprised by. I I did I didn't think it was going to go this way. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of surprised that I feel like I was overly generous with the script. I, I think, like, even the scene that I didn't like um, of... Um, of them watching Harry's parents be murdered. My first thought wasn't even that it was just a sentimental audience fan service thing. I was like, oh, this is like uh, just sort of a misfire on a like meta textual, like uh, writing a sequel with stuff that exists in the past, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's what, but I was like, oh, but I think it really misses because um, you can't put uh, the, like, meta text above, like, the what is actually happening. And then I see it, and I'm like, no, it wasn't, it doesn't feel like it was any of that. It, it was just, <laughs> it was just, like, a bad, cheap trick that is, te- like, oh, we've all seen the movies, right? <laughs> um, so some of that stuff felt like a bummer to me, where I'm, like, sort of kicking myself for giving it as much credit as I feel like I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm curious if I would go back to the script now after seeing the play like a second time, um, whether I would come away still imagining that like better, more like, um, uh, uh, less beholden to the original version. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, or whether I would now, after seeing the play and seeing that the vision that they had with the play uh, on stage, whether I would read it and go, oh, no, OK, I see where I read too much into this or or um, uh, assumed too much or had too much good faith. Or, you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm curious mm-hmm. whether whether that stuff is all apparent and I missed it or I or I allowed myself to willfully look over it while reading, or if I read it again, I'd go, no, I still have a much better version of this in my head as I read this. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, yeah. It's, it's hard to tell, I guess. Um, but. I feel so contrarian. Like I know <laughs> that I'm not being deliberately contrarian and I don't think that I win any like popularity contests for saying that cursed child is good, but there's a part of me that is like, how, how is my take so contrarian to what everyone else kind of feels about this? I mean, we had a real roller coaster with this over like entirely, right? Like mm-hmm. first act, real strong impression. Second act, kind of a doldrums. Third act, insanely good. We love it. Holy fuck. We love it so much. Fourth act, kind of a joke, right? Like like real yeah. up and ups and downs for us reading it. And then watching the play itself, we've kind of come down on like, eh, like, whatever, right? Which is like a weird place to be. Yeah. Because I, I don't think, I, you know, there, I think that the, the prevailing consensus is either it's the, it's the worst fucking crime committed in history. <laughs> or you have to see the play to understand that it is genius. And right. I, I, I like, I, I think we've sort of landed squarely in the middle of like, eh, it's, we're kind of like, we've kind of come full circle back to like, almost like our thesis on Harry Potter as a whole, (laughs) where it's like, eh, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. It's mass media. It's what do you want from it? I have one last order of business here. Absolutely. As I mentioned that I really am dying to ask you. Oh yeah. What is with the logo for the cursed child? Oh, I didn't, I haven't even thought 
have that. It is a bird's nest with like snitch wings, and there is a kid inside of it. Diaguri. Is, so is that who that is? is yeah, that, it's got to be right. Is that is that meant to be like young Delphi in in the nest? Yes, I will confess. I never saw this as a snitch, and I'm holding. I have my book in front of me. I'm like holding it far away from me and like squinting, and I'm like, damn, that is a snitch. You're it's right. a snitch. Yeah, it's a, it's an orb with wings. I so I I. My number one thing with this play that I was like, like all through reading it, all through watching it up until the very last minute, I was like, when are we going to see the bird's nest with, uh, with a kid uh, in it? Happen? Yeah. Like when, when, you know, what? I, Cause like, I, I presumed it would be either, um, like a figurative, like demonstration of like how Albus feels or about how um, Scorpius feels when Draco is explaining, uh, like, the Time Cuck story. Or it would be, it would appear in, like, Delphi's backstory when she's talking about how, like, I, you know, I was raised by the knots or whatever, right? Like, I, I, it never happens. We never see this. We never see the bird's nest motif in the do actual think, play. Do you think it was designed completely independently as a like a merch thing i wonder or is like a red herring maybe it's not a red herring if it's not in it though (laughs) that's you know but like a marketing red herring right almost where it's like where it's like oh the oh harry potter and the cursed child oh i assume that this child is cursed i wonder what that's about right like I guess that was my thought when it came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. they, like in in London and New York. In fact, we 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 could probably walk back out of this pizza place and, and see it right now. Yeah, absolutely. They, I can, I'm craning my neck right now and seeing <laughs> the the tip of the wing out there, out the window. Yeah, they they like put they they have like a big like sculpture of that on the theater. Mm-hmm. And so it's very prominent in all of the marketing for it, and it's just not part of the. Of the play at all. See, that's the kind of thing, like, I feel like if there had been, like, a creeping bird motif instead of the suitcases, Mm. that would have been Mm -hmm. cool. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything other than, like, I'm the augury, right? (laughs) But I don't know. That's, that's, that means more than there's a suitcase gravestone here, right? I mean, I gotta say, it's like, (laughs) oh, we're we're traveling through time, but I don't... (laughs) Oh my god, oh fuck, oh no... (laughs) I guess. And also it is a, the next journey is death and that's why it's gravestones. Yeah. Well, I like like I said I liked the 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 luggage motif when there were people carrying luggage making sets, but that right. stops about 15 minutes into this 5-hour play. Um so I think they could have had another visual motif as well. It, I think a creeping yeah. bird motif would have been cool. Yeah, some bird cages. You know, some some eggs, perhaps. I don't know. You, there's a lot you could do with that, right? Um, speaking of creeping, we also we, we we never never got to see Delphi doing a J horror crawl like yeah, she does in that's the script. Sad. That's I, that's too bad. Maybe the biggest weakness of this play is that we are too powerful in our visual imaginings. <laughs> we're just we're just too good. We're visionaries. Exactly. There should be more bird motifs. Delphi should be crawling around all scary like mm-hmm. um and and Harry should have or James should have blown a fucking smoke ring. Yeah, yeah, here we are. I I think it I like 
it's too long, really. I, I think that um, it's fun to see a play. Absolutely. I think, I think that there is like this, um, I don't think, I, a lot of people don't see a lot of plays, let me say <laughs> that. And so I think that there is a little bit of a going to see a play effect that is that is getting people, because uh, I could go see whatever garbage <laughs> but like the novelty of seeing a play, I mean, like I'm gonna have a great time. Undeniably, there is something fun and and magical or whatever about going and seeing a performance, right? I mean, like number one, it's expensive, so <laughs> you, you so it better gonna, be magical. You want to enjoy it, right? But 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 like there is there is a sense of like, wow, this is happening right in front of me. That's very dazzling. It's very special. That I totally understand why people would come away from this going like like no you have to see the play the play is what makes this story work right but having said that i i think that that a lot a lot of that attitude might come from people and this is not a not a judgment not a criticism but like people who aren't the most in-depth harry potter fans you know what i mean not mm-hmm. everyone buying a ticket to cursed child is like a diehard uh, uh, edits the edits the Harry Potter lexicon level Harry Potter fan, <laughs> right? right? They are people who like the Harry Potter movies, and they see yeah. a play that is fun that reminds them, I like Harry Potter, right? Like like that that and and from that sense, I think that the play does its job like with flying colors, right? Like it is a thing for fans, but not for hardcore fans. It is for just regular lowercase f fans it is this is a fun thing for harry potter fans to go do and i think that that is worth keeping in mind i guess that it's like i i think that that is the the wide net that it's casting um and so from that perspective i think i understand why the response to the play itself is what it is versus the dyed in the wool harry potter capital f fans who post on the reddit every day about how did anyone else notice that uh uh vernon uh uh works at a drill factory or whatever right like that that level of fan is going to be annoyed because they are either going to have a rigorous expectation for what the canon of this stuff is or they're going to be like us and just be you know more critical of it because it's like well it's it it it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything with these characters that i am hoping to see or or what have you so why did it win awards i need someone (laughs) i need someone from like the theater world or anyone that's like keyed into that to explain to me like the awards that it wins are those like awards that are taken seriously or is that like is it the Oscars, you know? People do take the Oscars seriously. We, is this we, Oscar bait? Like, what? We, <laughs> I don't we understand from, like, a critical perspective. A fantastic in-depth comment. Um, oh. Uh, 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 similar, because we, you know, we were asking, like, are, are we, by talking about the play like this, are we sort of like, like, is this like a, a Marvel movie for theater people, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. Is, it, is it seen that way? We did get a very, very good comment. Um uh, on the Patreon, uh, uh, this is from Hannah. I'm going to read this. I, I think that Hannah. I th- I think that this is this is a really interesting perspective. Sure. As someone who loves theater but has also not gotten a chance to see this show, the is this like if a Marvel movie was getting accolades thing? I'd say sort of. 
I'm coming at this more from a musicals fan perspective, less of a play perspective, but I think the ideas still apply. There is a real discussion in the theater world about franchises and nostalgia bait being adapted to the stage. Some of these shows are really well-liked and even celebrated. Beetlejuice the Musical is genuine, generally really, really well-liked. I like it a lot myself. And I think that's partially because it tries to do something new with the material instead of just putting the movie on the stage and explore, explores themes about death and mourning in a different way than the movie. It is also a bombastic spectacle-type show with special effects and stage music, so I think it is a good comparison. SpongeBob is also really well-liked. And while I haven't seen it myself, I can at least appreciate the costuming and set design. I've heard great things, and I've heard that critics generally like it, and that it does a lot more artistically than a SpongeBob musical had to do. I've definitely heard it's way better than it has any right to be about both of them. And of course, Heathers is pretty well-loved. But there are also a lot of adaptations and franchise stuff that are hated and just feel like cash grabs, or like they are just trying to grab a mainstream audience. And even the musicals I mentioned above have people who do sort of feel like the accolades they get are the equivalent to Endgame being regarded as cinema. <laughs> a lot of the worst rated musicals of, our of all time are weird adaptations of pop culture things, and while many of them had insane problems backstage, Carrie and Spider-Man being well-known examples. Spider-Man, if you've never seen that, like... <laughs> Letterman performance of the Spider-Man musical song. It's so fucking funny. Absolutely worth watching. Wonderful. I do think there's a view amongst some theater fans that adaptations of pop cultural works do feel like popcorn movies meant to hone in on a franchise's profitability. All this to say, I don't know where this lands between, like, the millionth Disney musical adaptation that does very little with the material, that mostly gets greenlit because it knows it can get people in seats, a spectacle show that is just really there to be flashy, or something like Heather's or Beetlejuice, where you can think it's good even if it's the first version of the franchise you've ever seen. I haven't seen it, so I can't say, but there is definitely a big discussion in the theater community about adaptations and when do they feel like the next Marvel movie produced mostly because it can be profited off of. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I I really appreciated that perspective on it, right? Because I, yeah. I don't know any of this shit. Huh. You know, that crystallizes a lot for me in a way because um, – I mean, aside, I don't know the critical response for, like, anything, but um, when I kept hearing about, oh, you have to go see The Cursed Child, I feel like I was thinking about the spectacle. Mm -hmm. And then when I watched The Cursed Child, I was disappointed by the spectacle because my baseline was The Lion King. And, I, I mean, that's – it's – beautiful you know like those puppets are incredible i've talked about them like three times right um but it is the lion king the cartoon movie right like the story is they do nothing new with it um it just is the experience of watching uh the cartoon from uh, 1998 or whatever right um, right and this um, I was weirdly like watching Cursed Child. I was like, wow, I was expecting more from the spectacle. But I will say, uh, like, no matter what you think of the story, it is trying to do something completely new, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think that the, um, the like father son parallel Harry is a 40 year old dad is like a bold direction to take Harry Potter. Yeah. Period. Whether I or not it succeeded, I mean, like, mm -hmm. you could, you could talk about that. We have a lot, but, yeah. Um, that is very interesting. Yeah. It, I and and I think also there's some fun fun metatextual stuff in the in the script, at least that I think maybe would have been less 
easy to grab onto watching the play. Mm-hmm. But we we talked about how how like so much of the stuff about like oh we've got to try something new we've got to you know we've got to live up to to our um to my dad's expectations but but like do something new right that feels so much like a oh my god I'm writing a Harry Potter play fuck fuck shit right like <laughs> yeah um so yeah there's there is some substance in Cursed Child I think whether it all comes across well whether it's interesting you know that's entirely up for debate but like, I I would say it's at least attempting to have uh, characters facts themes you know like <laughs> i um, i also think for me personally i mm-hmm. am better at reading than i am at watching things period sure yeah um i am better at thinking about something that i've read than i am at watching it mm-hmm. that's gonna be my big disclaimer on that <laughs> <laughs> i mean like that but that's totally valid right i mean like it's a different it, it's a different experience too because it's like mm-hmm. When something's on the page, it's sort of at your whim, right? Like, you can read a line as many times as you want. You can... I read so much of this in different ways in my head. Like, if I didn't understand what it was trying to say, I would read it in my head and like di- with different emphasis and different mm-hmm. parts. Cause I really, I really try hearted reading this because <laughs> I don't read plays like ever. Yeah. Um, but it just, I don't know when you watch it, the actors say the line and then whether you got it or not, they're, they've moved on. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not trying to disclaimer all of my criticisms. No, by no. Saying like, ah, I don't know anything, but, um, but I think, what, I think it is, yeah. I think it is healthy for us to, outline that we are by no means like theater <laughs> world experts right like this, mm-hmm. the, these are our reactions as especially in, in in the context of harry potter as readers right so mm-hmm. i guess yeah. from that perspective maybe it's no shock that we do like the reading more um yeah uh, than, the, than the play but well, yeah and it doesn't help that the weekend that we had to go to new york i was having this like i have this problem with my eyes right you know when it gets really dark i look down at my lap and then like <laughs> I feel like sometimes, sometimes my eyes like really zoom in, like a tight, like a tight shot on the actors. Um, so I gotta, I gotta get that checked out. Yeah, for sure. I've got this weird focus thing with my eyes too. Maybe we caught something on the plane that, that yeah, did that to yeah, us. Yeah, maybe here yeah. in 2019. So um, I, I would be remiss to say that this problem I'm having is a factor. <laughs> well. That's the cursed child. Um, we did it. We've gotten through every available piece of Harry Potter uh, mainline media. That's so good that there's not going to be any more coming out. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is. If it's a good thing it's 2019 and there's not a, a movie coming out for the foreseeable future, perhaps in the next three or four weeks. <laughs> That's so good to hear. Oh, we have we have at least three years uh, to uh, to to enjoy not having any Harry Potter content happening. Perfect. Um, wow. I you know I we 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 did it. Uh, you know, obvi- obviously, you know, more Harry Potter stuff is coming, but we we have accomplished getting through all eight stories uh, and the <sighs> film slash stage adaptations of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to give us a little golf clap. I want to give give you, my esteemed co-host, a little golf clap here. Thank we you fucking very did much. it. We did. We, we did it, and we did it good. That's what I'm going to say. I think so too. Um, 
Well, I think, unless there's any last business to attend to, I think that that is a great place to leave things for now. What do you say? Sounds good. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast. Lots and lots of bonus content there for you. Liz, what's the plan? What are we, uh, so we're, we're, we're publishing this episode and then we're going to take a week off. Is that correct? Yeah, I I think we're, we're taking a, taking a beat, um, catching our, (laughs) catching our plane back to. That's right. um, We got to fly. Well, cause we have a lot of sitcom sets to visit. So we do, we do have a lot. (laughs) And then, um, I think the week after that, we're going to probably do some goofing off since we, uh, are tired from our trip. Yeah. Um, We're going to do a little victory lap with some, um, uh, some Jack Sloper content. We're gonna take. We're gonna. We're, I guess it's not a clip show if it's new content. But I was trying to go with the sitcom theme. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the totally. greatest hits. Greatest hits. Well, yeah, it, it will be greatest hits. We are. We are returning. We'll, we'll be. We'll be returning to the Jack Sloper uh, motif to do uh, to do some fun stuff. Uh, maybe record some uh, 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 a bonus episode for the uh, uh, the, the patrons and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll, we'll be taking it easy. Uh, for our first episode back, some fun stuff. Uh, and then we'll be figuring out where to go from there. What the future holds for us. What the future mysterious. holds. Big question marks. But yeah, so I guess if you've uh, uh, made it this far with us um, and followed us all the way through the Harry Potter series, you have literally no excuse now. <laughs> Please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean rolls seem tame. But know what you're after if you catch a ride. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.